on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will fumble their way through the galaxy's more interesting tidbits, which include some rumors about Mando, an article on the Bad Batch, and a defiant no from a potential Thrawn actor. They'll also talk about the cancellation of Mando books and the latest Star Wars proper comic. They've got an interesting bit of social media from a rumored live-action Ezra actor, and of course, the fan segment, which will feature the return of the Battle Brackets, in addition to fan responses on favorite clones, and of course, the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week, complete with a fan shot breakdown special. Punch it, Chewie. Everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Yep, no guests this week, so no reason to get excited. And we're going extra early, so I'm not even expecting anyone to be in the live stream, but that's okay. We understand how our fans roll. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We do have a couple extra guests, though. If you can see my camera... You can see that uh, I was, I'm, I'm taking a vacation. I'm on the Tanif 4 and I have C3PO and R2D2 at my side. Um, it's nice. It's a nice ship, you know? I, I didn't think it would be as comfortable as it was seeing episode four and seeing, you know, obviously seeing what ultimately happened to the Tanif 4, but it's pretty nice. I, I, I'm enjoying my time here. Yeah, it's looking good. I, I definitely feel like less of a star wars fan now that nick has the old uh, green screen going or the the faux green screen if you will yeah and we i know people on the audio only are like what the fuck we can't see well hey you tune in to youtube when you can after the date you don't have to be here live trust me you're not missing anything uh usually live you just get all the tech issues which at this point nick since no one's here we don't even know if they can fucking hear us but it doesn't matter <laughs> because we can hear each other yeah and that's all that matters like nick said he is escorting the droids he's on Antilles ship getting ready to take those stolen plans to the rebel alliance on yavin 4 that's right um, but I don't get to play. No green screen here. And just the way we have the setup going, I can't use the fake stuff built into Skype. But kudos to Nick for dressing up his set and going full on Star Wars. And yes, for those keeping score, we are wearing the exact same shirts today. And no, it was not coordinated beforehand. That's just how the force works every once in a while here on the Star Wars Time Show. Yeah. I mean, thank you again to uh, Action Figure snaps adrian that's Belgar right for that's these right. shirts you know that's what it keeps is, us I'm not, in attire <laughs> dude i even i even put it on today thinking like there's no way nick and i are ever gonna wear the same shirts because adrian <laughs> sent like a fucking box i, I mm-hmm. mean i'm talking well it was almost like 20 shirts it was it, awesome yeah yeah it was a lot and we've and, we've we've never coordinated until today almost a year later after getting the shirts and i even even today picking up the shirts like it's yeah, this this is the one, right? This is the one today. Nick Nick's not going to wear this, and sure as shit, here he goes. He's got his Star Wars set, and 
we essentially it looks like we're wearing new Star Wars Time Show uniforms today. Like, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Star Wars Time Show. I'm Matt. How can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the new uniform. Now, now from now on, I mean, it feels like Matt and I have to coordinate. We have to call each other up. So what shirt are you wearing, man? You wearing the Baby Yoda? Right. All right, I'll put that one. <laughs> yours actually looks like yours fits. I mean, I, I made Adrian give me small as possible. And these are it's like these are nice shirts. So they shrink. Yeah. So, dude, I mean, I'm talking like, look at mine. Mine's like sausage casing right now. It's like <laughs> no, I'm ready yeah. to explode out here. I'm I'm on a, a spring break. So I've gone off the diet a bit. Maybe I'll talk about that more because it fucks me up in the head. But the only way I feel like I can be on a break, Nick, is if I don't eat my diet. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Um, no, that definitely makes sense. I've just created a world that where if I'm not allowed to be a gluttonous pig and maybe throw in some booze here or there, I, I'm not allowed to have a vacation, essentially. That's that's the OCD that I've created in my head just to ensure that I don't end up look like looking like Job of the Hut. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is a problem. Like, I, I'm... I know these days I don't look quite as bulbous as I used to be, but we're talking at five six. I've I've hit two thirty twice in my life, uh, so picture that. It's not a it's not a it's not a pretty picture. It is very hut like. <laughs> yeah, you know, you get some flaps coming out places that you didn't know flaps could come out and, oh, and, and i get i get that like subcutaneous fat where it like just builds around your organs so it's not like huge rolls like java but my gut will just start distending you know i look like yeah. corn free ta the senator uh, the the twi'lek senator where you know it's it's like a true beer belly but it also looks like i'm carrying uh, triplets or something yeah. like that i i just remember Tying your shoes really used to suck at that weight. Oh, man. Just trying to bend over and you can feel your floating ribs like jamming up into your lungs because they have to go somewhere when your big ass gut is creased over your waist. So to make a long story short, the only way I can maintain a, a somewhat healthy appearance, both physically and mentally, because I am a big weirdo with all this shit. I'm in my 40s and I still care about what I look like. And it's not so much what other people, it's I want to look a certain way in my own fucking head yeah. and, and, and it, it ruins everything. But it's it also ruins- like, it's also very healthy that <laughs> that you are staying in shape, exercising and doing all that stuff. I, it I, is a little know. bit, but it leads into, you know, weekend where I might eat a little more than one human needs to eat. And again, back to now, I'm off uh, spring break. It's great. I have a job. I'm not bitching about being off, but... I really don't feel like I'm off unless I know after the show I can go up and eat a pizza if I want to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You got to take advantage of those times, though, right? You know, you can't. But you can't I, just. But Nick, in, in nine weeks, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be going to the beach. It's like just calm down, bro. You're gonna get. You're gonna get a week off again. <laughs> you, you don't need to go crazy. You don't need to have a beer tonight. You don't need to eat that third, fourth, fifth slice of pizza, fatso. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, the way that we cook in this house, like we don't we don't really have to to worry about like we we don't really stay on diets. I mean, we yeah, should. Like yesterday we made Cuban sandwiches and french fries. Oh, oh, the day before that we made oh, uh, cheesy beef enchiladas. And, oh my goodness. You know. But here's the deal though, because you do kind of eat that way, yeah. You never find yourself on a weekend like, "Ooh, it's the weekend." 
I can eat some food. So I'm going to oh. eat a, a burrito and then I'm going to order out and, and, and get a $50 dinner for a family of three. And I, I don't necessarily gorge anymore to, you know, where I'd eat until I, I literally would feel sick, but it, it made me feel good. Yeah. Like eating until you could feel food backing up your esophagus. <laughs> Typically, I don't do that anymore, but I I, I, I kind of save all week like, oh, I'm, I'm punishing myself because I know come Friday I can have that Cuban sandwich Nick was talking about. And then it gets into maybe larger portions than I need because I don't give it to myself all week long like you do. Yeah. Yeah. Typically our weekends like we'll, we'll order out either once on a weekend or twice um, and then we cook all five days of the week anyway. So but we just like, you know. We probably eat a little bit more than we should, but then again, like neither one of us is like heavily overweight. Taylor works out four times a week. I go to the gym at least three do times you, a week. Now, do you guys drink whenever? I'm not like saying get sloppy. Like we, we have a beer once a day or, or is drinking not something I, you really give a shit about? Uh, I don't really drink that much during the week. Like if I do, it'll be like, maybe one whiskey drink like maybe one old-fashioned like i i typically like save my drinking for the weekend okay uh so yeah so that's you you understand you you understand that angle because that's another one like i'm not a a drunk drunk like i don't need it to get through life but but god damn it having a few beers is is the same thing as being able to eat off diet for me so again it's like yeah. if i'm keeping all this from myself during a break it doesn't feel like a break so uh, hey there we got we got uh, mr hey now himself klondike's in the chat and one six they're liking the early pop yes we're uh, early, i bet guys i bet one six popped a chubby when he when he heard that you like to make old fashions because i know he is a a brown liquor drinker himself oh, yeah. yeah i got some uh, uh some texas whiskey from this uh distillery called treaty oak it's really good I also have Metallica for those of you who are. Yeah, no, Stern, dude, Stern promotes it because they um, what's the actual brand called? It's called Blackened. Yeah, and Blackened Whiskey. Yeah, it's actually really good. So the story of how I found it is pretty quick. Um, there was a whisk. There's a whiskey festival that happens in Austin every so often. We went in 2019 pre-COVID and everything like that with two of our friends and everything was free. So you go into this whiskey plate like this, this big kind of convention center you have all of these whiskey vendors there that's and they're just giving shit out the whole time <laughs> so like, like but by, by lunch are you like we were so so like it was crazy because it was we got our tickets free and the, the tickets cost 250 dollars a person holy shit so we got in for free and it's like literally it was all the whiskey you could drink. They had food trucks there that you had to pay for. But then at the end of it, there was a free concert. And I don't know if you know who X Ambassadors is or uh, or if anybody who, who listens does. They, they did that song Renegades. They played a free concert at the end. By the time we leave, it's probably two o'clock in the morning. We are just sloshed wasted. Oh, my God. I, yeah. Luckily, we had a place like we were... <laughs> We were uh, close to downtown and we had a place that we could go to downtown to where we just walked over there and <laughs> it, it was 
It was hilarious. You, you were probably like me at Star Wars Celebration 2019, right? After we went out oh, that yeah. one Friday After night, we and you guys kept pumping comedy. me with, you kept pumping me with IPA. That was your fuckers. wife. <laughs> that was All your I wife. remember by the end of it, we, we had to take like nine train rides because people kept forgetting shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, I was, remember walking was, into a random deli in downtown Chicago going, yeah. oh, I need something to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you got food there. And then getting up, vomiting multiple times, <laughs> and getting in a taxi cab to go over and watch The Mandalorian. Yeah, that was The Mandalorian um, panel. The it's big, Mandalorian yeah. Panel. So. It's big, big, big time panel before we all knew that The Mandalorian would be the second coming of Star Wars Jesus. So, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. I don't get you whiskey people. I really don't. And I'm not like, oh, you guys are crazy. I just, the shit tastes like rocket fuel. Like, literally, I'd almost rather drink gasoline. Because <laughs> gasoline, it, it has one of those smells that I, I like, like smelling markers. I'm one of those people. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, when I was a kid, it definitely... <laughs> Got to me too. Like it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, interesting. I like this." Yeah. And then little yeah. did I know. Oh, oh mom, smell it. it. Smells like cherry. <laughs> oh, now my head feels all buzzy. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm spinning. Why is everything spinning? Right. But uh, I mean, with whiskey, to me, like the introduction was like through whiskey cocktails. Like whiskey sour is one that I think everybody can drink because it's it's got enough sweet and sour in it to where like the bite of the whiskey is so small that you don't even realize it. And then like you kind of work your way down to like, okay, well, whiskey sour, good intro. Cause it doesn't really taste like it. Then you can go to like Manhattan. Then you can go to old fashioned. And then once you're, you know, at that point, then really all you're doing is just adding a little bit of sugar water to it. And then if you can take the sugar water away, you're right on it. I typically are, are, are you at the point now where you're just putting it in a little glass and dumping it over some ice and just drinking it straight? I can. Some, it depends on the whiskey because not all of them are like that. Like you need a pretty good whiskey, at least for me, to be able to like just drink it straight over ice, which is why like, you know, I have the blackened one because I think that that one's actually really good. I mean, people might think it's like a meme because it's like oh fucking metallica has their own whiskey but it's really good um and then the well it the, actually like I, I don't I mean who knows i guess you'd have to go to the distillery but apparently they play metallica music to mm -hmm. shake the barrels as yeah, it's that's, distilling that's what the guy so like <laughs> when we were there the guy told us the story but he's like yeah so we like blast metallica music at the thing dun, dun, at the casks dun, 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 and, they, dun, and then dun, they said dun. they had it tested by a chemist and they were like is, are there any differences between these two batches? One of them had the music played at it and one of them didn't. Yeah. And there was a chemical difference between the ones wow. that had the, the music <laughs> played at it and the ones that didn't. Lars! <laughs> so, yeah! So, dude, I was like, all right, cool. I listened to it. I was like, this is going to be shit. And then it was the best whiskey we drank there. And they had... Wow. They had all the whiskey makers you could think. They had Jack Daniels. They had Dewars. They had fucking, you know, a, a bunch of, like, smaller distillers. They had everybody you could think of there and that was the best one that i had i don't know if it if it was because at that point i had enough whiskey in me to kind of be yeah, a little yeah, loopy. yeah they're they're giving to him basically kerosene by the end of the night nick's like oh man this is the best enter yeah, the dude. sandman dude it was it was pretty it was pretty fun but yeah if you guys like whiskey i would recommend Check to one six uh to actually uh to, to pick it up it's called blackened i know i don't know how easy it is to find in your specific area i know that though like i found a bottle from one of my local shops 
Um, and when I asked the guy for it, he actually looked at me. He was like, oh, wow, you're only like the second person who's ever asked for that whiskey. He had to go to the back. And he's like, this is the last bottle we have. And I was like, all right. Yeah, it's, we well, that, that's, that's cool to hear, because like I said, I mean, it, it's been, I think, since the pandemic. But they've they've been a sponsor on the Stern show, the the black and whiskey. And he'll always, you know, he, he does live cuts for him, live promos. And they'll, yeah. they'll play the music in the background. It's like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, so, hey, it actually is good. So sometimes, you know, a lot a lot of us consumers, when a celebrity that we appreciate may slap their name on something, we're just kind of like, yeah, fuck it. That's a money grab. But Nick is saying blackened whiskey is legit. And it no. is it is helped, uh, at least in the distilling process, by the music of Metallica. Yep. It, All right. What is up, H. Green? We're just sitting here kind of bullshitting, doing the show a little early this week because I am on break. Yay. Yep. So I didn't want to be doing it all night. want to get back and kind of help out with the family stuff. But uh, uh, yeah, I guess we should st- talk Star <laughs> so Wars. Start talking about Star Wars at least a little bit. <laughs> but uh, before we get to the the topics, you know, I've been going through my chronological Clone Wars. Okay. And, and Nick gets little little messages throughout the weekend as I, yeah. I, I go through these because it's typically weekend material with the kid. Um, but I just, I, I got to comment on how out of order this show truly is. I mean, I'm doing the chronological. I highly recommend at this point, everyone do it at least once in their Star Wars lifetime. It, it is well worth it as I have uh, kind of discovered this past weekend. So for the most part, Nick, we're in season three, but you know, in the chronological rewatch, you can bounce all over the place, especially yes. the early seasons. Yeah, you know, uh, remember the movie is not the actual first thing that happens. It's like the fifth or sixth. I believe an episode in season three is technically the first uh, chronologically placed episode of Clone Wars. But anyways, yeah. one story thread that is fairly prominent in the Clone Wars, it was introduced in the film itself. Uh, but but going through my chrono rewatch, I was like, holy shit. They literally directly pay off on this character's story arc two seasons after a, another payoff on what happened to the character at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so in particular, I'm talking about Zero the Hut, right? The purple guy. Uh, he's the one that kind of linked up with the Separatists in the movies to fuck with Jabba's son, yep. uh, to make it look like the Jedi were doing it, this, that, and the other thing. He ends up getting arrested by the end and locked up on Coruscant. Okay, great. Well, come episode 307, right? Mind so you, season the, three, episode seven. Yes. <laughs> so two to three years after the movie came out, it, it, Zero's story kind of gets picked up on again in episode 307. It's it's called Assassin. It's the episode where Ahsoka is, you know, she's growing into her own. She's not quite wearing her appropriate costume yet. She's still in the tube top for a 14-year-old, but that does get... Uh, they eventually put a shirt on her uh, halfway through season three. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it, the point is, they're like, hey, Soka, you've been doing some good shit in the Clone Wars. We're starting to uh, trust you a lot more. Why don't you go ahead and take a mission by yourself? So uh, she's tasked with uh, protecting Padme uh, on a mission to Alderaan to talk to their local government or some dumb shit. And as all things go, Padme, someone's trying to fucking kill her, right? I yeah. mean, someone's been trying to kill Padme <laughs> since the Phantom Menace. They don't, the galaxy does not like this poor young woman, okay? We find out it's, it's Aura Singh, and by the end, 
she she tells Ahsoka and the Jedi that Zero the Hut is the one that commissioned the the assassination. Not 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 the Nemoidians, not Silas Carson again. Uh, this time it was Zero the Hut wanted Padme dead for for whatever. Uh, like I said, she's just Padme. She she's a bad bad woman, and and a lot of bad guys do not like her in the galaxy because of her righteousness. So that's three oh seven. Then it goes back to 302 and just, you know, kind of tells a story about ARC troopers on Camino. Then it goes to 304 and you get the uh, the Baron Papnoidia, essentially George Lucas's blue character from <laughs> Revenge of the Sith gets a whole episode. But th- this is where it's starting to tie things back around to zero because, you know, Cad's in this episode. And then 308, Cad takes C-3PO and R2 to try to find information uh, from them on the Senate. Like, Cad is, you can see over these episodes, he's, he's trying to figure out the inner workings of Coruscant, in particular the Senate chambers. Mm-hmm. So that's episode 308. So from 308 in the Chrono rewatch, it takes you back to 122. Okay, I'm like, all right, I'm just following along. You know, mind you, they've, they've mentioned Hero uh, Zero again. He is still locked up. Uh, so what 122 is, Nick, again, season one, episode 22, basically the finale of the first season. Yep. It's called Hostage Crisis. And this is the episode where Bane, the Bane, Cad Bane, Cad Bane. <laughs> yeah, Aura, Cad. and some of the bounty hunters essentially use all the intel that Cad has been gathering in, in episode, season three <laughs> to, to go and essentially hold the Senate hostage yeah i mean they they get bail they get padme they get a lot of the 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 big time senators all locked up and it's all a guise to spring zero the hut from his coruscant prison yeah which they do in 122 he gets away episode ends and you're like okay but guess what 122 has a direct i'm talking just like the rise of malevolence three episode series where it's bang bang boom okay clone yeah. wars has a lot of these little two and three parters two, yeah. the, the mortis arc the night sisters arc where we learn about savage all in order for some reason zero's uh, final episode did not air until season three episode nine aka hunt for zero it's just it doesn't make any sense to me it's crazy dude <laughs> like, I- i'm not kidding 309 is a direct continuation of episode 122 because uh, matt and i were talking before the cast and i told him i was like i could like i saw the clone wars movie in theaters i hadn't this is when they still had early previews for movies and my uh, my friend's dad could often get into those so we saw it as an early preview and i was like dope all right cool and zero was one of the main villains in that in that movie and then when i was watching clone wars season one comes around like matt mentioned you get 122 where you get zero i was like okay cool they're still tying in these characters and then by the time season three comes around and you get these other episodes and this finish like the finish to this arc i had completely forgotten about the storyline with zero and i was like it makes no sense because 309 i mean it's literally it is the end of zero he he gets and i forgot about this but jabba and Liss Cy snoodles the <laughs> singer like the yeah, female yeah. singer with the long snout jabba is the one that enlists her 
because I guess her and Zero were dating before all this happened. This is wow. these are the joys of going back and watching the Clone Some Wars. Some hot by the relations, way. really, yeah. in these. But episodes. but what, what what happens here? You know, you remember what Zero did to his his relative Jabba? He he fucking kidnapped his kid. Yep. So what happens all these seasons later in the hunt for Zero is Psy assassinates Zero to get uh, this hut data disc for Jabba the Hut. So Zero's story starts in the movie, goes away until season three if we're talking in chronological order some rumblings start to happen around zero and the bounty hunters then we go back to the end of season one to see his breakout then we fast forward to season three to see the culmination of zero the hut's thread it, it i don't know i mean i i, I know um everyone's probably sitting there going like wow this guy has way too much fucking free time on his hands and, and you may be you may be correct but you know these are like weekend nights we're just hanging out with the kids watching some star wars i just i, I write down these observations because it's like yeah. it's just why what were they doing did, it, did they just not care about direct follow-ups was it you know just having love letters later down this the, the seasons just to to check in on events past uh, it just seems odd that you would it have almost, an episode that started in season one and did not get finished until season three. See, it almost makes me think, and I don't know the dynamics of what was going on between Cartoon Network and, and Lucasfilm and everything like that at the time, but there are a lot of TV shows where shit like that happens. Because if you, if you ever were a Firefly fan, then, you know you know the story behind one of the reasons why it got canceled at Fox. I mean, you essentially had all of the episodes already made and then Fox just decides to release them out of order. Like they, they were literally <laughs> given the slate by Joss Whedon and yeah. by the people who created it. And they're like, Hey, this is the order. And then Fox literally has a meeting with the creators and they're like, we don't think that this first episode's a good first episode. So we're going to play the third episode first and then we're just going to kind of mix shit in there. We're just yeah, going to... So like, I don't know if they had like, if they potentially had this, like the Zero arc already created in its entirety from season one and then some meetings happened and they decided, well... You know, it, it actually makes more sense to tell these stories in season one and then we'll come back to that because it's, you know, it's I, I think you're right. And we we've all heard stories and, and I wish I could quote the title of the article. I know who wrote it. His, his name's Andrew Reiner. He's one of my favorite video game uh, journalists, game informer. But I believe it was him. And, and, and Nick, this has to be almost 10 years ago at this point. But he, he did kind of a I think he did. Someone did in the gaming industry did a deep dive into LucasArts and, and why a lot of games would fail there, why a lot of games never saw uh, kind of the light of day. And the general theme was when the maker would come into a meeting, he could effectively set back months of development with <laughs> a point of a finger and a change of a name. Yeah. With a single word, essentially, takes yeah, it's like changing names and <laughs> that these people have done, and then just say like, "Hey guys, guess what? All the time you put in, it's not happening now." Sorry, right, like I, I, I'm I George think, fucking Lucas. Right, let, let's change his name to Farfrook Nukin instead <laughs> of you know uh, Sky Sky Killer. I mean, just it, it was <laughs> there were great stories about the power of George and how he could essentially blow up 
progress due to his obviously his wild imagination and, and ultimate vision. Yeah. I kind of feel uh, like that that's potentially what happened here. Yeah, like he's like, hey, you know what? Fuck, I don't I don't want to follow up on Zero, even though he just got stolen. Let's just move on to the next episode and down the road. If we feel like it, maybe we'll tell some more Zero stories. I, I think when George had control or his his ultimate vision for Clone Wars was just, you know, we're going to we're going to kind of spot tell stories. Yeah, I think what what may be an interesting way to look at it. And I'm going to throw this out here. I'm going to throw this out here as either a leak or some really good fan speculation. Eventually, we're going to find out that the Clone Wars is actually recollections of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So like. Everything that's happening in Clone Wars is just him remembering shit, which is right. why so it was it initially could be out, out of, of order. order. Yeah. Yeah. Because and he's like just that. like, he's just remembering, or it could be from somebody else, like one of the other main players in the Clone Wars, potentially from, I mean, we, we all know that George's story and the way that George sees the original trilogy is that it was seen and told through the eyes of the droids from C-3PO and R2-D2's right. perspective. So, like, it wouldn't surprise me if something like that were to come out about the Clone Wars, and that's why they're out of order, is because it's hey. not telling a, se- a sequence of events, it's it's recollections of somebody. Well, we'll take it. Star Wars fans love their own fan fiction, so we, we can use that here and just say Nick's right. Yeah, you know, the I may Clone throw Wars that. Are, are through the lens of Kenobi himself. Yeah, I may I may throw that on Star Wars speculation. And because at least that, that that is one Reddit that we can post on is Star Wars speculation and people don't fucking shit on us or anything like that. And, you know, that's why you could also or you could say, like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Anakin Skywalker. Maybe it's actually actually Vader, like, you know, remembering the Clone Wars. And that's why he is so different in the Clone Wars than he is in the movies. Because he remembers himself as a much different Jedi than the movies portrayed him as. Yeah, but I don't know. I just it's just one of those things where I liked wasted some brain cells on a on a, a Star Wars cartoon. I just I just thought it was interesting. You always wonder like what what decisions led to this chaotic delivery of the Clone Wars. I mean, it is still good if you watch it season one through season seven. But I am finding doing it chronologically, some of those just episodes that might have felt randomly placed now feel like they are are telling an, an overarching story. Uh, it, it's done wonders for yeah. a lot of like like, like I feel uh, the bounty hunters in particular, Cad Bane, they get spotlighted way better in the chronological rewatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Padme and a lot of the drama she was dealing with at the Senate level and in politics gets captured better in the chronological rewatch. Like a lot of, I mean, I forgot at one point in time, she and the separatists essentially had a deal to cease fire. Uh, but through nefarious actors, they, they ensured that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, the, the only other thing I, I kind of forgot and I had written down, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it cause we already went a bit on clone wars, but I, I had written down in my notes just from watching this, that Asajj Ventress, her, path sort of mirrors Anakin Skywalker's like like I forgot that she actually was taken essentially as a as a child uh some pirate dude took her and then from that guy a a Jedi saved her and then she watched her Jedi master die and I kind of look at that as like Qui-Gon dying yeah and and once she lost that Jedi parent influence she 
went off the rails. I mean, that, that's how she got mixed up in the dark side and, and, and yeah. eventually fell in leagues with Dooku and then out of league. So I, I'm, we've also gotten into some of the Night Sister and Mortis stuff in, in season three, which season three, again, is loaded with some good lore shit uh, for the Jedi through the Mortis arc, but also through the Force in general with a lot of the stuff the Night Sisters were doing. I mean, Savage and making deals with Dooku that, uh, hey, uh, I know you lost... Ventress and you got Jedi hunting you down. You need a bodyguard. How about you take uh, someone from the clan of Maul and Savage? And then that didn't work out. So uh, I don't know. It's it's been a lot of good shit. I mean, I know we've all seen Clone Wars or most of us, but if it's been a while, even even a year or two, I, I recommend trying a chronological rewatch. I don't know if you got little Star Wars fans in the house that haven't seen it yet. That could be a good excuse to break it out. But I do feel watching this chronologically is is kind of adding more uh, to the franchise, in my opinion. It, it stuff flows better, therefore the lore comes out more clear. So how and are you? How we are you we have a time it? to waste on the show. Yeah. So are you like going through like a list of the chronological, and then just like going to that episode on? Yeah, I, I mean, Disney Plus does a lot of good things. I, I, you know, the MCU they have broken out phase one through four playlists, which is nice. They have a chronological rewatch for the MCU, but mm-hmm. they I did not. That. They did not take the effort to do that for Clone Wars. So you're exactly right. Uh, I guess if I was. Sh- Casting from a device, I'd probably just go right from the official StarWars.com page for the chronological rewatch because it would have the Disney Plus links right to the episode and that'd probably make it the easiest. Uh, but I don't I don't cast most of my uh, I, I like hardware streaming. Yeah. I like Apple TVs. I don't like using the TV apps. It's, it's weird shit. It comes down to video and sound type of stuff. <laughs> um, but no, Nick, it's literally I will take screenshots of a certain section of that list because it's so long yeah. and we'll just work through it. So I'll have to go to my phone and be like, all right, from 308, we got to go back to 122. <laughs> uh, and I guess in Disney Plus, it's nice because... It'll leave those that we've seen as as watched, right? Like the little blue watch bar is all the way full. So yeah. that kind of helps us stay on track if I ever get lost. But no, it is a it does require a little bit of manual effort. But if you are a, a caster where you cast apps to a TV, I would think just using the uh, list the, itself and then right because they have the links on the list. Exactly. And it goes yeah. right to Disney Plus and I would assume just pulls up that episode. Kingdom of Weird says, I wonder if we'll see Ventress in the Ahsoka show. It'd probably have to be through flashbacks if we did, because she she dies. Um, dies in canon or dies? Did she I mean, die in you, Clone Wars? I can't she remember. Doesn't, she doesn't die in Clone Wars, but there is a new, there is a, like a, a, a new novel where she dies. And then like this novel was released in the canon timeline. Okay, so, so it's, I don't, it's I don't Disney know blessed. If, you know, but, but again, like this comes down to like how like are we going to be respecting the the stories that are told in the novels from now on or not because the, I, I believe in in dark disciple the the novel she she ends up dying um yeah, i mean she I, I she has potential for bad batch right i mean yeah they, definitely they could, they could bring definitely. her in the bad batch i i do really appreciate that character i think asajj is way more than just another dark side dummy right i mean mm-hmm. uh, clone wars gives her a a second and third life ultimately like she she tries to get back in with the night sisters and then because of some of the shenanigans they do that's when <laughs> grievous just 
annihilates the fucking planet, right? Yeah. And then I believe she gets into bounty hunting and ultimately ends up helping Ahsoka with her troubles in season five. So yeah, because I, I mean, even at the end of yeah, at the end of season five, you see that she helps Ahsoka essentially right. escape the Jedi Council. Like it, yeah, just 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 get proof that. She yeah. wasn't the one that, that lit the bomb and it was actually Barris. But yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, I hope Asajj comes back in something. Yeah. I mean, it, she's, she's she's definitely dead. So she's she died 19 BBY, which is exactly the same time as everything went down. Well, like, you know, right at the end of. Yeah. So the, almost you know. Empire Day-ish, right? Like a year, year later, maybe. It was, before, year it was before yeah, Duke year. who died because Duke, okay. she was it was pre episode three. Because that's the timeline in which that Dark Disciple book takes place. Yeah, and I'm, she's, I'm with uh, Kingdom of Weird. Fuck, fuck words and shit, deaths. They don't count. We we can always <laughs> overwrite words and shit with pictures and shit. So yeah, so come on, come on, George and team or whoever's in charge of this now. You you weren't afraid to do out of order storytelling back then. Let's bring her back. Yeah. I mean, I, at least I want her in live thing. action, right? Everyone's live action these days. We're, yeah. we're, we we got a few she stories on like some a live action. Live action. Fuck too. yeah. I mean, I know she couldn't do it, but Natalie Portman with her shaved head, put some nice dark eye makeup on there, you know, make her look like she did in V for Vendetta. Yeah, there, there's a little Asajj action right there. Yeah. Jennifer Garner back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I've there's, got Garner on the mind because we, uh, the wife and I. Did Peppermint movie? I did. And I, dude, I love Jennifer Garner. And the reason is because uh, Heather and I, we, we, we've started a new series. We try to watch series together and she never watched Alias, which mm. I think is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. It, it just showed you that J.J. Abrams and a lot of people in his orbit were going to be much bigger uh, than what they were back in the, 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 the turn of the century. Yeah. But I, dude, I, Jennifer Garner is just, she's like a, she's like a national treasure. Yeah, she she's is. Really she's good. a badass. She's fucking hot. An uh, <laughs> alias. I mean, they had, they they put her in a, a different crazy costume every episode, and really, she's gone on to be a, a pretty decent celebrity. I mean, she's not a piece of shit. She took care of her kids. She didn't kick her drunk ass Ben Affleck out until it was too late for his drunk ass. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I I really like Jennifer Garner. I think she's one of the better if not one of the best female action stars of all time and uh she looks fantastic so yeah she she could be in star wars let's get her in there we'll <laughs> shave shave her head uh give her some uh dual bladed or, or two dueling lightsabers and we're off to the races yeah yeah let's do it yeah uh, so i don't know i mean we we got i understand books are great it's just for for time and for uh, low iq individuals like myself it's just it's easier, more efficient to get it delivered with moving pictures. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There, there's my Clone Wars talk on the gaming front. Games Pass, better never. Bethesda deal has gone through with Microsoft, so a lot of their catalogs up there now. Doom Eternal is all I'm gonna say. I mean, that is like the hell spawn of S FPS, fast twitch, old school, Unreal tournament, Unreal championship type of feels. Love it. <laughs> all right. Star Wars time show. Here we go. All right, team. So uh, we got a new comic book last week, Star Wars number 12. And this is a, a run that I've, I've been lamenting over for the past few months. The, the, the Star Wars proper run, as I've called it, in 2021 just has not been overly exciting. 
But that changed in number 12. I, I wouldn't say it was necessarily an exciting, nail-biting type of issue. But my God, did it hit on the feels. And I'm talking about the Princess Leia and Han Solo feels. <laughs> in particular, around the time of their burgeoning love story. You know, the, the Empire Strikes Back and beyond. And what we got in this one, Nick, is that uh, I learned... And you all are about to learn that if it wasn't for Han and Chewie, the Rebels would have lost Echo Base before the Empire ever even found out that they were on Hoth. All right. So that's big, big doings for the canon. Yeah. It, it's because of Han and Chewie that Echo Base was able to be kept a secret and was able to be used as a rebel base while they were trying to rebuild their forces after the Battle of Yavin and kind of getting their asses kicked around around the galaxy because they finally played their hand. It was a good hand to play. They blew up the fucking Death Star, but they essentially put a huge mark on themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... He saves the day by essentially they're I'll make it I'll, I'll simplify it, but their fucking furnace was busted in Echo Base. It was freezing. Uh, everyone had to get on their ships. I mean, Han was ranching tauntauns on the Falcon. That's how cold it was. It was getting so cold that they were they, they were basically going to have to leave if they could not fix it. They just could not sustain life anymore. Um, so uh, the reason this story comes about is because Princess Leia is is kind of feeling sad. She just lost Shara Bay. She's she's kind of getting fucked by this Commander Zara. And she's sitting in a room where she's just kind of reflecting on life. And, and um, Poe's dad walks in. He's like, oh, hey, with you, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, yeah, let's exchange some stories about our love. Because he's like, you know what, Princess or General? Han Solo, I just don't get it. Like, what, what <laughs> does someone like you see in this man? And this is where the feels come in, and this is where I really appreciate this issue, because we 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 kind of get a little flashback action, and she's like, you know, remember on Echo Base how cold it was, and how much we always heard Han bitching about how cold it was, and they 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 showed some scenes of Han like, oh, it's so cold, you know, Han being Han, yeah. And she she basically by the end of the story and how she tells of how he saves a day, him and Chewie, they, they, they offer, hey, there's a part in the Falcon we can use to fix the furnace. You all stay on the ships. If shit gets bad, you can get out of here. Chewie and I will sacrifice ourselves in a Han way. I mean, obviously, in he, a Han way. <laughs> he's a little braggadocious. You know, there, there's some jabs here and there like, I'll do it. I'm the hero. I know me, me, me. It's cold, but I'll go sacrifice myself for the rest of you, even though I don't like the Rebel Alliance. But but as she's telling it, like she has a flashback to the I love you, I know. But now she says, I know, which was a great little panel. Uh, and the way she talks about Han, she's like, listen. Poe's dad's like, damn, I didn't know he did that. Someone like Han was that uh, selfless and, and saved the Rebels' day? And she's like, yeah. And, and you know why he didn't know that? Because Han Solo would never want anyone to know that essentially he has a heart and that he's a good guy. Because Han Solo, he's a smuggler. He's a scoundrel. He wants to play up that role that he doesn't care and that he's Tommy Tough Guy. Yeah, I mean, but, after after his run-in with Kira, that was it. That was like his last heartfelt anything. He, yeah, so he, he built up a lot of defenses. But in general, he didn't want anyone to know, Rebel or, or Imperial, to know 
that that he deep down he was a good guy. So he was always bitching with the rebels and bitching about helping them and bitching about the cold and bitching <laughs> about Leia's directives. Right. We, we know that Han. And that's how the rebels saw him. And, and that's what Leia was explaining. She's like, listen. With all the shit he talks, with, with all the the bragging and the cockiness, I love this man because of who he is in his soul and because of what he does and all the times he has saved this rebel alliance without ever sitting there going, I'm the hero, I'm going to save the day. He just keeps it low key. He keeps, you know, the rough around the edges because he's a scoundrel. But but ultimately, this is why I fell in love with Han Solo. And I just I thought it was a I'm not doing it justice. You got to read the panels because I, I'm not kidding you. Just flipping through them and reading these, I started to get a little like, oh, geez, Leia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Leia, you really hit me where it counts, girlfriend. Especially from her. Like you never yes! really expected right. something like that from Leia. Right. Yeah. Right. It, it was just a because even Leia had a very hard and ster- sterile exterior in front of the rebel alliance and that's yeah. this issue was kind of like taking a break from the main action repositioning why all these characters do what they do and it, it's ultimately for the people that they love and, and i just thought it was a great way to to kind of highlight how leia truly felt about han solo because you don't you don't really get that in the movies you know han's got a hard on for but you just think he's like any other guy you know he just he wants to he wants to feel it he wants to pop a chub all that nice stuff <laughs> but they i mean leia truly loved the man by the time of empire strikes back and after we know han truly loved her as well it was just nice to get kind of these flashbacks to see why a, a a gruff character like Han Solo could be loved by someone as refined and polished as uh, Princess Leia Organa. Uh, so, Nick, the, the Star Wars comic run has got itself back on track uh, based on the tease for next, uh, next month's issue. Uh, I think it's going to maintain its righteousness. Nice. Uh, but obviously... All you got to do is follow Star Wars Time Show on YouTube because that's where we drop the videos first and foremost. We talk about them after the fact on the Star Wars Time Show, but you can always get my comic book breakdowns right on YouTube. Just search for Star Wars Time Show and check them out. It seems like they got back to the mains because the like in the arc that was kind of a little weak. It was a lot of focus on Lando. It was a lot of focus on Lobot and kind of. Not a lot of focus on, you know, Han, Leia. Luke, I'm all right all with Lando and them. It, it was it was going to Shara Bay and and, yeah. and Del Del Dameron and it's like, yeah, they're they're cool and everything. It's nice to, you know, we got a little hollow shot of Poe. That's the other thing. I guess I mean that just shows you how sexy and, and unaging Oscar Isaacs is, but Poe has gotta be in his mid to late forties by the time TFA comes around. Yeah, if he was born in ESB timeline. Yeah. Or like, totally. well, dude, he's he? he's a he little baby? baby. Like like Dell shows Leia a hollow of baby Poe, so okay. he's probably almost one year old. Yeah, uh, after Empire Strikes Back, he's definitely in his forties then. Yeah, for sure. But I mean that that's just the the benefit of casting Oscar, who also I believe is in his forties, uh, but but looks like a a strapping young man. 
Yeah, uh, so it was it was good issue. It was good issue. Uh, definitely rebounded. But you're right. It, it's they're they're getting back to the main mains, and more importantly, not so much the stories about the mains, but getting into their 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 psyches, their feelings, what makes them tick. That's really what I liked about this was just kind of seeing Princess Leia prop up Han Solo in only the way Princess Leia could do. Yeah. You never really she, see that in the movies. Like exactly. she never defends him. Like she never right. runs right. to his aid or like, you know, anything like that. And in, in fact, most of the time she's either chiding or making fun of him. So. Right. It, it, it truly isn't till the end of Jedi where he thinks his shot is completely over because Luke's dead and now Leia is going to be upset. It, it isn't until she says, dummy, he's my brother. He's my brother. I love you. Basically, that that's the only time we get yeah. that in the movies. Like Nick said, any other time they're either making fun of each other or you just feel like they they exist to annoy the the other person. Yeah, exactly. There, there's but, no like like even in that romantic scene uh, on the Falcon where they're trying to like she's trying to fix something and he comes in and all this other shit like it's still them making fun of each other. It's like, right. Your hands I mean, are dirty. It's, it, it's it gets like, a little rapey. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a rapey it's, encounter. Like he's he's like the dirty guy at, at a dance club coming up on a girl that doesn't want to dance, and he's finally just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna take my shot." Yeah. And if, <laughs> if she doesn't call the police, I guess I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, it was just it was nice to get kind of Leia's <laughs> point of view on Han uh, uh, officially laid out in this issue. Yeah. Yeah. So good that it's back on track. Um. Hopefully it continues to be that way and we get some more good insights on what happens between ESB and ROTJ. Uh, but you never know. I guess with these comic book runs, you can just hit a, you can hit like a three arc slump where it's just like, damn, what the fuck is happening here? And it just doesn't really hit. So uh, glad that it's back on the good side of things. Um, I mean, we're, we kind of are staying in the publishing realm here for this next one. Um, but we're not going to be talking about comic books or we're not going to be talking about anything that's, that's been released yet. In fact, we're going to be talking about stuff that's not going to get yeah, released dead, uh, and, and, and specifically in the DOA. Mandalorian timeline. So this is the Mandalorian official novel and the visual guide are no longer being released. Right. Um, this it's, was announced it's, it's by, just not even a delay, right? Nick, I mean, they're just no, fucking dead. Yeah, they're just dead dead. So this was announced by both Delray Books, which Delray Books is uh, the main publisher for everything Star Wars, and then DK Books US, which was going to be the visual guide publisher. They both uh, announced that the uh, those two books will not be released at all. Um, there's a lot of speculation about why different things are being canceled. I mean, I think why. it's pretty. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, I mean, well, for the visual guide, like everybody is just assuming that the novels being nixed because of Cara Dune's character and she was probably written into it and yeah I I, I tend to agree as well because yeah. I mean the, the official statement is <laughs> the the story continues to fold on screen it's like well yeah, yeah it was when you gave this guy the the deal but, to yeah, write the, the fucking book too so yeah so I don't know if like I mean apparently this had been in progress for a while so I don't know if the story that was being told puts her in a position to where like her story needed to be continued and can like in seasons upcoming or, or what. And they were like, instead, instead of just trying to rewrite the whole thing, just nix it. But for the visual guide, it doesn't really make a lot of sense because you can just remove her page. Like the visual guide 
has so much shit in it that doesn't refer to her or that doesn't really involve Cara Dune that it doesn't make a lot of sense why you would cancel that just because yeah, of her. So, I mean, what, what do you think that's all about then? What, was there stuff in there that they've already had to change for, uh, you know, Book of Boba or season three it's script writing? Possible. or It's very possible. It, it depends on, one, how much Star Wars, like how much LFL and everybody else let the book publishers know was going to happen. And it depends on, you know, what exactly they wanted to be in there. Because, I mean, if you're if you're putting out a definitive guide, like the ultimate visual guide for the Mandalorian, it's hard to do that when it's a continuous story. Like, right. For for Rise of Skywalker, for TLJ, for, you know, TFA, for all they're, of them. They're movies, self-contained. It's, exactly. it's a movie. You know, if you were to do it for The Mandalorian after season two and there's five more seasons planned, then, you know, two years, a year down the road, you're going to be like, well, we got a whole bunch of shit now right. that would need to go into this visual dictionary that we, we would have to. They probably I, I mean, and I'm surprised they didn't take this this route to start because, you know, as much as we love Lucasfilm and all the people that make Star Wars they're they know how to beat the license yeah. like a dead horse. So. Uh, why not just do a visual guide for each season? each season? Yeah, I mean, that would that would make the most sense to me. And then, like, you could you you know, you could have Din in there every season with his slight changes to his armor, explaining how you could finally get ha- why his left <laughs> knee pad isn't the same as his right knee pad. But They'll Nick, tell you why. We didn't see it play out on screen, just like Boba Fett painting his armor. How could yeah. he paint his armor on and- the ship? And I can tell you right now, this is a leak that I know somebody at DK Books, they were going to explain that in the visual guide. They had the person Damn who it. painted his armor in the book. Finally, had we, we would have had that mystery solved. Yeah, that would have been, been a, an unsolved now, mystery solved. Now we're not getting it. So, it's, it, you know, it sucks for everybody out there who were who was really invested in, into the Boba paint job. But, you know... Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you that the, the book itself, the actual novelization was probably nixed due to whatever story was in there about care. And I don't well, know. I mean, I, I don't want to, cause I, I'm sure one group of people made it, oh, it's, it's, it's definitely, this is just the, the further continuation of their censorship of this person, blah, 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 all that dumb shit. We also have the creator of this series on record saying that he didn't even know Luke Skywalker was going to be in season two when he sat down and started writing the first few episodes. Yeah. So, uh, so it, 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 I, I would, I do believe that this show is also very organic, dynamic in nature, and that things probably had changed in the writing room yeah. after they gave this, this, this author. Uh, the charge to write a a novelization you, I, was it just season one was it into season two i don't know yeah. i mean could you imagine because writing a novel takes a long time oh my it's god not like, like it's not like you say hey write the mandalorian official novel on january 1st and then by february 28th the guy's finished like no it takes sometimes upwards of a year to write a novel and Bro, i'm pretty about, i'm pretty sure this was done in the can ready to ship yeah and like and then you know you don't know what was being done in terms of like what happened with grogu and then now we already have that resolved like it's hard to write a book when you're trying to when you're when you're telling stories about things that are already actively being told right like and and this is very unique in terms of 
Like the story that's being told in the Mandalorian novel included the main characters. Whereas if you look at a lot of the stories that were being told in either old EU novels or whatever, like they're either happening after the events of everything that we saw on screen or they were happening with with characters that weren't really being touched all that much in in the timelines that yeah, you were I mean, working dude, with. There, there could have been changes to Din's past. Like maybe they featured some flashback shit in the book that now has been fundamentally altered by the fact that he's linking up with real Mandalorians, Bo-Katan, Casca. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I'm not going to deny that some of the Cara Dune stuff probably helped make this call. But this this is something I assume they hired the writer, they commissioned the book back before the show became a fucking global juggernaut. And they didn't know where things were going to go. Uh, they had no clue about the uh, immense popularity with Grogu, with Din himself, with some of the other side characters. So in the end, they probably were like, hey, well, we had this Gina thing to deal with anyways. And the book was already starting to kind of not line up to what the show has been telling or will tell in the future. Uh, let's look at the contract, see how much we owe the author, pay him and then just fucking well, burn this thing. Yeah. They also they've also kept him. His name is Adam Christopher, the guy who uh, who was writing it. Um, they already said that he's you know still on staff. He's writing a new Star Wars novel as they speak. So like, <laughs> and all know. he's doing is editing the script and putting strike through through Cara Dune and yeah. replacing it with a New Republic Ranger. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so those are the two pieces of news here for Mandalorian. Right. Not a lot of um, you know. I don't I mean, necessarily I, I care about the novel. People didn't even know that these were coming. Like, right. I, I know. Uh, I think Tones is looking forward to reading them. I'm a big fan of the visual guides, even though I think mm-hmm. it's from everyone's favorite Pablo Hidalgo. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm probably more bummed with the visual guide because, hey, it's big pictures and it's nerdy stuff. Like, hey, that metal thing you saw, that's a that's a clinky dinky 9000. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah that. Nice. Nice. But yeah, yeah, I'm not fucking reading that book. I can't even listen to the the High Republic novel, so there's no way I was going to read a, a Mando novel, please. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Disney Plus is for, my friends. Uh but yeah, so uh if you have those, make sure you got your money back cuz they are dead. Not yeah. coming out, not delayed. They're just done. Yeah, I'm sure I know that I saw on some of the posts that like Oh, what's going to happen to our pre-order and stuff like that. And like DK and Del Rey have responded saying that uh, that refunds and you know, like pre-order refunds should be coming pretty soon for these uh, particular books. So if you had them pre-ordered, you didn't get your refund already. It should be coming yeah, down the pipe. You should be good to go. Yeah. OK, um, um, yeah. we're not leaving Mando yet because our, our next topic here, th- this is not as factual as the last one. The last one's legit. There's no rumors there. Those, those two properties are dead. Uh, but we did get some some rumor rumblings about some castings for Mando, Nick. And I, I don't know if you checked this one out, but it actually dovetails into a, a rumor we talked about a few months ago before we even knew the Book of Boba was going to be a real thing. This is when everyone was still speculating like, hey, Boba Fett's more than likely back because we saw him in episode one and there's a good chance they're going to have some sort of Boba Fett prequel series, which, hey, mm-hmm. they did. It's called the Book of Boba. It's coming out this December. Yes. But when we were talking about that, we, we talked about a, a a casting rumor for Sophie Thatcher and Jordan Bulger yeah. about them being attached to the the Boba Fett prequel. Well, 
last week, thanks to Murphy's Multiverse. It appears that the uh, the leakers out there, the, the shit talkers, the poo flingers, the shit stickers, whatever we are, we, we kind of got things a little mixed up because yeah. the, the new report <laughs> is that while these two actors are still attached to a Star Wars project, a live action Star Wars project, it's starting to sound like they're actually tagged for Mando S3 and not Book of Boba. Yeah. And we've actually got some code names for their roles. Now, these are just code names. We're not saying these are real. Uh, but apparently, Sophie and Jordan will be playing some combination of Drash and Scad. Uh, so let me, I'll, I'll kind of read the recap here. Again, these these are now pegged for Mando versus the, the Boba prequel. The roles, labeled Drash and Scad, were both for British-sounding supporting characters, one male, one female, both in their late teens, early 20s, both members of a street crew, in what can only be assumed as either as a small mistake made in the initial reports or as a natural evolution of the writing process of these shows. We can now confirm that these two characters will instead be appearing alongside Pedro Pascal's Din Djar in, in the third season of The Mandalorian in what seems to be the first additions to the cast after the record-setting season two. With Grogu having left the show, or did he, <laughs> to be trained by Luke Skywalker, both Drash and Scad might turn out to be two characters that will try to fill the gap as Din Djarin will need someone close to interact with. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense, and I think a lot of what drew people to think that Jordan in particular was going to be attached to the, the Boba role was because he kind of looks like Tamira Morrison, like he looks like a younger Tamira, so there was this, there was this assumption that he was going to play young, younger Boba Fett. Um, but given... Given the nature of how these shows interact with each other, and also given that, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of thing, a lot of casting rumors, a lot of things that were attached to either Book of Boba or Mando, before either of the two of them were like, you know, officially connected, and especially for Boba, before people knew about it, like, it's easy to get these kind of things mixed up, especially when your sources are questionable or your sources are just right. telling you like hey i guess these two well, actors well, are going to be in something <laughs> nick it kind of piggybacks after what after our last topic and you know maybe one of the reasons some of these books are getting canned is because things did change drastically oh yeah in initial drafts like this is saying here you know maybe maybe drash and scad were initially uh planned for book, book of boba. boba but then you know they did some of the crossover some of the writing they're like hey it, these may work better down the road in, in yeah. Mando season three. Yeah, I, I find it highly unlikely that these two actors were planned for Book of Boba as different characters. And then LFL was just like, oh, well, wait, we already have them hired. So let's just change what they were doing and then put them <laughs> on a different show. Right. <laughs> like um, the I, one thing I'll say, though, just because this one keeps getting a little more meat added to it, I, I am going to go and, and say that that Sophie and Jordan are 100 uh, percent. Uh, yeah, they're in Star Wars in some. Yeah, form they're, they're going to be in Star Wars and more than likely they will be in Mando because it does make sense. I mean, 
Uh, just think about the the, the demo. They're, they're going to be younger. They could be playing Mandalorians. They could be playing other foundlings that he runs into. I just I have to believe that season three really starts turning things towards Din's role with Mandalore itself. Yeah, uh, I, I think they're going to use Gideon as a source of information now that he's captured. I think they're going to kind of fill in a lot of the gaps <clears throat> between what we saw in the cartoons and what has been talked about in The Mandalorian, in particular from Gideon himself, the the march, the, the, the night of a thousand tears, tears or some shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we're going to get much more Mandalore focused, albeit with it taking place in the larger uh, circus pavilion of what the remnant is up to. Uh, who knows, maybe Luke and Grogu every once in a while you get a check-in, maybe you get a Thrawn drop here and there, an Ahsoka drop here and there, hair, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I, I, do th- I do feel like Mandalorian is going to be shifting more towards Mandalore lore and stories versus Din just being a an Uber driver for a, a highly coveted force <laughs> being. No, yeah, I think you're right. I think that given the way that season two ended with this whole, you know, hubbub about the dark. Yeah, I mean, now, look at that. that. That's a huge cliffhanger that we, <laughs> yeah. we all tend to forget about because we're all so fucking collectively blown away by the Luke reveal. Yeah. There's still some major drama going on with the heroes by the time those credits roll. Yeah. So so that needs to be addressed. In its entirety, like, I don't think that that is a storyline that you can just kind of like pick up and then leave and then pick up again and then leave it. Like, you need to address what the fuck is happening with the Darksaber in its entirety in season three. Like, you can't just say like, oh, this is going to be like the Zero the Hut shit in Clone Wars. Right. Yeah. We're going to do one episode in season one and then one in season five and all that. Yeah. They they pay off on it in season 10. They'll finally come back to where, you know, like, oh, yeah, here's the Darksaber again. (laughs) No, that needs to be addressed and it needs to be addressed in a big, big way. And given the fact that you now have Boba here and, you know, like, you know, Boba in the Book of Boba Fett, and you have all of these different kind of Mandalorian ties that are now attaching themselves to uh, to Din. I think that at least the first half of season, or at least I'll put it this way, at least half of season two needs to be completely dedicated to Din and the Mandalorians. Yeah, because the other the other big thing out there still is what are they doing with the second round of Grogu blood? Like what? Yeah. What, what's all the, 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 the sciencey shit happening? You know, why, why did we get a Thrawn mention? So you're right. I mean, it, you're going to get a lot of Mandalore lore resolution or continuation, but you also have to keep the, you know, the, the looming presence of the remnant out there as well. Like they're not just going to go to Mandalore and, and deal with Mandalore drama. There's a good chance the Imperial remnant is, is not going to want them to get back to Mandalore as we kind of found out in season two. Yeah. You, you do not want a battalion of armed Mandalorians on your case. Like that's just, that that's, it it seemed to them worse than having the Jedi back. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, the Imperial remnants already going about like taking care of this. Cause we saw in season two that they essentially wiped out the entire covert that was on Navarro. Like oh, yeah. it's, it's yeah, gone. They're going around looking for them yeah. and, 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 and zapping them. And they even do this in rebels where, I mean, you see how fucked Mandalore is because of Sabine's 
uh, weapon and the, just the, the the mass killings they would do there. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I have a feeling Drash and Scad will have some some ties to to Mandalore itself. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I don't think there's just going to be some crew that he links up with, and and if that is the case, that they're going to have something in their past that kind of crosses with with Din's Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a good piece here. I mean, a lot of, I mean, we know that Mando season three is not going to be this year. Like, no, I mean, it, it, it sucks. I know we're going to, we're going to have Boba. It'll be fine. But man, I mean, two years we're talking from the, it's the time we left in, we're not going to see him again. So it's a, it's a long wait. And I mean, you typically don't get that with recurring TV shows, you know, usually for, even for TV shows that, that are kind of a, a shorter run series like you'll get a year off like we've been getting with mando getting two years off of a show like the mandalorian is it it doesn't happen i mean less uh, you know we had the the writer's strike i think back in the early 2000s yeah, like that, a cancellation and then that, a different network picks it up or something yeah that derailed a few shows but yeah you don't typically get this long i think westworld went a year and a half between seasons yeah and season two uh, was hot garbage but it's, i couldn't I don't know. even get past i couldn't finish season two i, know. I, I so love bad. westworld I, I i stick with it I, I i like all the the weird shit so i'm i'm still a westworld fan if they make another one i'll watch it so. i mean if they make another one where it's not westworld like i would look i would like to find one where it's like focused on a different world because Yo, season two jonathan was, nolan i want you to make a westworld that's not Westworld. Well, just just make it to where it's like it focuses on a different area of the park or right. something like that. You know. Well, season three, it's outside the park. If you can make it to season three, it it doesn't even deal I with the know. park anymore. So I don't know. Season two was so bad <laughs> that it was just like, he was done. He was done. All right. Well, yeah. anyways, keep an eye out for the. Uh, I really think Sophie and Jordan are going to get the official blessing at some point in time. Obviously, if they are Mando season three, it's going to be a while. Yeah, uh, but th- there's there's a lot of smoke around these two actors, so I, I definitely think there's uh, some legitimateness, legitimacy to uh, Murphy's multiverse report here. Yeah, for sure. Um, next piece up is still relatively in the Mandalorian uh, theme and the Mandalorian. Yeah, it's, it's live action Star Wars Wars ish. Yeah. Live actiony. But it's it's more of a denial than anything I li- else. This so. one's great. Like there's there's no rumor, there's no guessing no. here. This is as definitive as it gets. Yeah. Unless uh, Big Ben Cumberbatch is just being a, a, really? an epic an epic troll and an epic shade thrower, or not yeah. shade throw, but a, he's basically being a magician here. He, he's creating an illusion for us all that yeah. that he wants us to buy into. Yeah. So the biggest rumor, well, not even rumor, but like one of the biggest wants out there for Thrawn was for for Benedict Cumberbatch to play the character, and we've seen a ton of renderings of of Benedict playing him. I I believe we even looked at one that Blaine. Uh, Blainer things did when he oh, was yeah. uh, a guest on the show. So uh, on, with an interview uh, or on an interview with Collider, um, Benedict basically came out and said that he has no interest in playing Thrawn. So this was this was how the exchange. Oh, went. it's this. It, this is awesome. I mean, this yeah. is like it's it's very Cumberbatch too. But yeah. it, so uh, Collider asks him. Um, you know about the potential. Uh, yeah, of I didn't. I didn't put the initial quote in, Nick. But basically, I think it's Steve Weintraub or whoever Weintraub right. from yeah. Collider. He's like, "Hey, man, Star Wars. You ever hear of Thrawn? A lot of people uh, think you could play him." And and 
Ben says something and he goes, oh, no, no, he's blue. He's a very cool character. That's a villain. You'd be under a blue makeup thing. I'm just curious if you've heard about it and go ahead. What does what does Cumberbatch say? Cumberbatch says, that's a straight no from me right now. That's almost like Randy Jackson on American Idol. Yeah, Andrew, I love it. That's a no from me, dog. Um, but, he, <laughs> but he goes on to say, he's like, uh, there's no way I want to be turned blue. I love, I love the honesty here. <laughs> yeah. I turned the air blue very recently. And then he says, uh, no, no, seriously. I have precious time with my children. And I think sitting in a makeup chair and being painted blue and the amount of time it would take to do that and then take it off at the end of the day might just, uh, it's not the right time in my life for that. So he's. One, it seems like he didn't even know who the character of Thrawn was. Right. And two, it seems like being painted blue is not yeah, something that, that he wants that's to That's it. Do. Like, it, it has nothing to do with Star Wars or the character or, 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 or figuring out how to act Thrawn. It's just he does not want to be in a makeup chair for six hours a day. Dude, I, and I, mean, I, I love the honesty. It's like, and, and clearly this guy is at a level in his career where he can basically poo-poo a, a star wars fan casted role and be like yeah get the fuck out of here i mean i'm i'm already dr strange and sherlock and all this other shit i yeah. don't I, I don't need it uh but i like they just like no nah, fuck that shit i mean it, it's because of the blue skin is nothing yeah. else it's just getting painted he's, he's he gave it a big fuck no yeah and look like he's right too i know that we can do a lot of shit with digital effects now and i'm sure that they could turn somebody's skin blue with digital nah, effects but they're painted. not gonna do that they're gonna whoever's playing them you're gonna at least get your face completely your all all face of your hands head painted blue yeah, yeah. and your yeah, hands i mean maybe. it's not He's as bad as what batista probably had to go through for for drafts oh yeah he, that had to be a fucking painted gray and like that weird those weird yeah tattooy things on them like yeah, so you're going to at least get your head painted blue and potentially your hands if you're not wearing gloves, which is still a pain in the ass. So, um, like you said... It must the, be nice to be a, a famous actor, though, right? Where you yeah. just... You don't even have to, like, dream about this. You can just instantly be like, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah, that that's pretty nice. But like you put in the article... Uh, you know, hopefully we'll get Lars Skarsgård. That's his name, right? That's his last name. No, I think he's a, isn't he a related to Mads? Oh, Lars Mickelson. Yeah, I get yeah, the Mickelsons and the Skarsgårds mixed up. He's related to, to Mads and Phil. Yes. Um, Phil Mickelson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that, uh, I think that he's, he's the obvious choice here. I mean, yeah, he, he voiced him and, and he looks like Thrawn. He voiced him. He has the look. It, it's what we're going to call the Katie Sackoff effect. Yeah. Where it, it, you've already lived with the character. You've got a, a similar appearance. So let's just make the, let's just make the full on transition, make the crossover now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, obviously there's been no casting news on Thrawn yet. We don't even know if Thrawn's going to be in the show or in a show. We assume that he will oh, be given the interaction that Ahsoka had with, yeah, Ahsoka uh, 100%. Ahsoka 100%. And, and I, I still think he will be kind of this, the, the, the crossover villain, maybe not uh, Thanos level, but I, I, there could be, I mean, he could be the one that brings all the characters from the different shows together for uh, an, an end game type of team up or it could be people that are working on Exegol who knows but uh, I, I think we will see Thrawn within the next two years yeah I agree in, a, in a Disney project 100% awesome so it won't be 
Benedict Cumberbatch, though. So get that out of your yeah. heads. Yeah, it's he, not going to happen. He has uncasted, he has unfan casted himself, <laughs> which just leaves it what Fastbender now and, and a few other. But Jason I, I, Isaacs. Yeah, Jason Isaacs. I, I do think Lars is the natural choice here. Yeah, I think that's All right, dude, for this next one, Nick, I hate to leave you hanging, but as I teased before we went live, <laughs> I should have went PP time before we turned on the mics because uh, it's, it's really knocking on that prostate right now. So. I'm going to let you kind of kick off this D. Bradley Baker, and I'll be back yep. in 30. There we go. So D. Bradley Baker is best known in Star Wars as the voice of all the clones. Uh, and in a recent interview, he um, he gave some some behind the scenes, some a, a little bit of uh, information on on what you know what's going on in the Bad Batch and and what really came about to to bring the Bad Batch to life. So this was an interview with with D23, and Baker says. Uh, about the Bad Batch. It says, it takes what we found in the Clone Wars to another level of depth and awesomeness. It's real Star Wars in the best possible sense. You have this gang of really interesting super soldiers and what they end up being asked to do is a lot of fun, a lot of fun and very, very interesting. Um, it's an amazingly dramatic and satisfying series of uh, or story for anyone whether you know Star Wars or not, but especially if you love Star Wars. Uh, a fan who has paid attention to where things ended in the Clone Wars might be able to guess where things are going to start in the Bad Batch. So this is, right. again, D23 Magazine. So that last quote there really does kind of open open up the speculatory gates, I guess you would say, because um, there has been a lot of, you know, a lot of questions about like, well, what what's going to happen with with the Bad Batch, like what exactly is going to be their mission now that, yeah, you know, we're so in Empire times now. Right. And there are two quotes that that you hit on that I think are, are worth spending a few minutes on. The first one is you have this gang of really interesting super soldiers, blah, blah, blah. And, and what they end up being asked to do is also a lot of fun and very, very interesting. And here here's my guess on this, because we have seen them in the trailers Knowing who the Bad Batch are, I have a feeling right off the bat, and it's probably going to come from Tarkin, uh, they're going to be asked to kind of be a special force to hunt down Jedi, Jedi. I believe. Yeah. yeah. I, be I believe the Bad Batch will be single-handedly tapped uh, for a, a, a Jedi hunt, and I think that's what's going to start getting their wheels turning on Kamino. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Exactly. Like, we don't know, again, like... We don't know what level of knowledge the Bad Batch has of what's going on in the universe. I know that in the trailer, we we essentially see the Order 66 play out on Kamino or like the the announcement of like the first Galactic Empire and stuff like right. that. I mean, we see his 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 Empire Day speech plays yeah. out. And even then, you I think it was Hunter and they showed a scene where, you know, they might be getting shot at. But I believe on Camino, they're instantly going to know something is yeah. not right. I don't think the Bad Batch being as kind of fucked up as they were, I don't think they got the chips. Yeah. I don't so think I they were planned to make it this long. They were probably planned to just die. Yeah. So so that actually makes me think that the like getting a directive from Tarkin may not happen because Tarkin would essentially know like, well, these dudes aren't jacked into our bullshit. Right. Like they're they're completely disconnected. So it almost leads me to believe that they're going to they're going to escape Camino obviously once the, once this all happens because if they're being shot at by regular fucking clones on Camino, 
then there's well, no it was way. those it was those um it was like good guy dark troopers that yeah. were shooting at them in the trailer yeah, but again Republic, it was it, yeah. it was on camino it, it does seem like their their brothers or those that were programmed uh, ultimately to be turned on them. them yeah so i don't know if they're gonna get a directive from any imperial officer i think that like once this goes down they're probably going to pretty quickly search out somebody that they know. Like they're going to look for somebody that they knew either within the Senate agenda, like, you know, somebody that is not directly linked. So to do the you Emperor. think that will be the, the, the someone that ends up asking them to do something that is a lot of fun yeah. and interesting? Like, I, I think it might be bail. I don't know. I, yeah, mean, like I, was, bail, I was leaning towards some bail action. Yeah. Cause bail is the one guy who's really connected, like who has, a much bigger role in the the formation of the rebel alliance especially oh, yeah. around this time period that like and he knows about what happened <laughs> he knows what happened to the jedi like he knows yeah. the truth because he essentially helped save yoda and kenobi by default yeah, yeah. Uh, so i i definitely could see bail kind of getting a hold of them be like listen yeah. this is what's fucking going on we need you to find this person or this or try to save some jedi try and to I mean, save like, kenobi given I mean, I know that that, you know, D mentions, you know, if you if you know where things ended in the Clone Wars and blah, 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 you may have an idea of going, you know, guessing where this is going to go. But I mean, even going forward to the Mandalorian, one of the, the earliest pieces of speculation that I believe that you threw out, Matt, was like, hey, what if these motherfuckers are tasked with saving Grogu? You know, right. like we, we, we know that he was essentially hidden in the Jedi Temple like he and we don't know how he got out, like maybe he got out. Maybe one of the other Jedi who escaped the temple after the massacre um, was able to to kind of take him and, and get out. Or maybe it was the the Bad Batch who got in there and, you know, maybe it was Bale who told him like, hey, look, we have, so, you know, a very valuable asset that's in the temple that needs to be right saved and then, and then they go yeah i i'm with you it just i um i i think grogu ahsoka rex wolf and gregor all have high potential for cameos if you will in the bad batch i don't i'm, I'm thinking more and more ahsoka and rex may be a very last minute hey tip of the hat type of thing like yeah glad you guys got out here are some of your other brothers that aren't warped by the chip have a good life stay safe and we'll we'll try to rebel at some point in time when it's safer to do so. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if we get like if there if Ahsoka is in it, like do we get early fulcrum days already? Like do we do we get to see her or I, I don't I, unless the show plans to do a little bit of a time jump, which it may, uh but based on the trailer it looks like it's probably going to directly pick yeah. up right where season 7 ended, which yeah. was the, the end of the Clone Wars, the rise of the Empire. Um, so I'm thinking, like I said, Ahsoka and Rex early on in the Bad Batch, they're still mind-fucked, emotionally destroyed, just trying to survive and hide. Yeah. that That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think they'd be reserved for the end. Like, maybe maybe they're... Maybe they're the ones giving the Bad Batch the the directives mm -hmm. secretly, right? Maybe yeah. they're maybe they're working through Bail, or maybe they're through another code name. Maybe it is through Fulcrum. They're giving Bad Batch directives, but I I think they're they had their time in the sun. Clone Wars finale. I mean, that was some some of the best Star Wars TV out there with those two characters. 
and they would dominate the Bad Batch. So I think they are saved for a, just like the end of Clone Wars Season 7, where you get that little Vader nod at the end, a, a slight flash forward. Yeah. I could see them being uh, featured that way. Yeah, yeah. That, that uh, but but Wolf and Gregor, uh, there's great potential there because we don't know how they make it to that desert planet with Rex. So there is there is a vehicle to tell that story via the Bad Batch. And I'm hoping we get that. But you never know now all the possibilities for Grogu now that his past has been revealed. So he also is a candidate for the show. And, And, you know, Nick, they they included Fennec for a reason. Yeah. Uh, probably to tie into some of the stuff we'll learn about her in, in the Book of Boba and, and a lot of these other shows. I mean, she could be a ranger, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so we'll probably get a, a little bit more targeted backstory on Fennec. And by target, I mean they're, they're, they're going to show us things that will make her character make even more sense when we see her uh, down the road in The Mandalorian. Yeah, I agree there. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of potential avenues for this show to go. I mean, are 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 they essentially just on their own without orders? And if that's the case, what are they doing? There's a good question out there about that. Like, or do they get like, do they eventually link up with somebody in this newly formed rebellion to like try? to? I I do think just because of who they are and how they operate. I mean, I'm not going to say they're they're dummies, but they are a a they are in a, a special force that requires direction uh i don't think they're like a rex where they 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 sit there and will come up with their own missions i I mean they are they are as troopy as it gets like sir yes sir go fucking do this daring mission take them out and come back i i don't think they would sit there and without a little prodding from an outside force and try to save the galaxy yeah yeah, I, I mean, some of them like Crosshair, they're probably at that moment, which, which we're thinking is going to be a fallout on Camino. They're, they're probably more concerned about just saving themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like for, for a good bit of the beginning of the show, I imagine it's going to be purely self-preservation. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, they are they are very much a military troop where they're like, we take orders and we don't really know what to do if we don't have orders. Right. <laughs> you, you know, we, we probably just fucking sit around. Um but eventually, I feel like if they, if they don't link up with Bale or somebody, then they need to autonomously be able to say, like, hey, right. this is what we have to do. Like, we need to make the decision to fight against whatever. No, you're, you're, you're right. And that's why I do think they are going to have a fulcrum of sorts, if yeah. that makes sense to everybody. Someone either directly or indirectly is going to be slipping that, them information that lets them know that shit has gone sideways. I wonder they're, if they're no longer on the good team and, yeah. and, and they need to get their shit together to, to help the good guys. I wonder if they catch Kenobi's broadcast. Right. Because you remember in episode three, he puts in that broadcast when they're at the temple. Like, hey, I put this broadcast in here warning all surviving Jedi to stay away. And kind of giving them the update on what happens. I wonder if they catch that. And then I wonder, like, it would be really cool if there is some sort of, like, secret net broadcast that's being, you know, like you said, like a fulcrum type character. That's just like, hey, this is what's happening. Almost almost like a, you know, like a like a rebel broadcast. 
and like this yeah, is what's come, happening come if, to these coordinates yeah and come you go here there and, like you always see it in like zombie movies where they pick up the fucking phantom radio cast and it's like <laughs> we're safe here come here right. and then you get there and it's a fucking trap and there's a bunch of zombies but maybe something like that happens and and they pick up this transmission and they meet them somewhere like maybe they go to you know maybe they go to alderaan maybe they go to dantooine i mean dantooine was a place that i think is really ripe especially now for expansion because dantooine was the was the planet that leia told tarkin in episode four like this yeah. is where the rebel base is it, it's it on was dantooine. A, it was a rebel base it yeah. has uh, jedi ties right doesn't yeah, dantooine Dan- have jedi ties yeah dantooine was uh a kyber crystal like where you keep kyber crystals um so I, I feel like if you're gonna bring in the the planet of dantooine eventually into this into like star wars canon again like this would be the perfect way to do it because it would essentially yeah, be yeah, one of the right. first rebel bases yeah it makes it makes sense i don't know i'm i have i have high hopes for the bad batch i i really think it, it, it's not gonna be the clone wars i mean yeah it's gonna have that that look and feel but i think it's gonna it truly will stand out as its own way to deliver a star wars tale I definitely agree. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm I'm excited for it. I mean, I I think there's probably going to be some final resolution for the bad batch. You you would think that these guys probably aren't going to aren't going to make it out, right? Yeah. Uh I don't know. I I if it's just I mean, a one season run, then so be it. it I I'd almost prefer it be that because then we then we know we're going to get a very targeted story that yeah. is going to complete the tale of the bad batch but also prop up and add some more meat to the bones of a lot of these stories that have been picked up on in rebels mando and hopefully all these other announced live action shows i mean even if it is a multi-season type of story you would imagine that it would have to come to a close pre-rebels timeline like because there's there's no way Oh, and, and it, dude, Wars even then, Rebels. even then you're looking at damn near 15 years of, of time to tell. So yeah. I, 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 I do think this is self-contained. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure D Bradley Baker would like it to be more. I mean, that, that's the other thing. Like, just go read this and think about what this guy had to do for this series. Yeah. You are literally, not only are you voicing four different main characters, you have to come up with personality types and, and, and quirks and, and, and talk to yourself. Like yeah, literally... <laughs> have full on scenes between four characters in your head that still just you. Yeah. Like that or five is, or so. I mean, Jesus, it's crazy. That's very, very difficult. You know, I, I, it was hard to read cause some asshole just scanned it. Right. Uh-huh. Um, he said it, it was actually easier to bring the bad batch to life because they are so much different than normal clones. Yeah. They, they all do have very distinct, personalities you know wrecker the meatball crosshair the the edgy one hunter the leader tech the geek so he he really had uh, kind of tropes he could fall into yeah but it's just crazy like this this guy just for this and most of the season probably just sits in a room and fucking talks to himself in different yeah, voices know, right? like different gotta, voices that all ultimately sound the same right yeah they all they all still have to be tamira <laughs> how do you think how do you think that they did that do you, do you think that like say they're having a five-way conversation do you think that they like rec- okay so he does all of wrecker's lines and then uses that as like the spot point to like start conversing with himself 
Or do you think he actually has the conversation with himself in order? I love thinking about that type of shit, Nick. And (laughs) I, I, I would assume they leave it up to however he wants to do it. It's like, dude, do you just want to go through the scene and, and you, you know, look like you, you need psychotherapy because you're essentially channeling different voices in your head. Or do you want to act off of a recording of you doing a character? (laughs) Uh, but I, I could see D just sitting there like, hula, hula, and then switch it up like, ho, 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 ho. And then he, 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 he. It's like, yeah. Jesus, by the end of this, he probably doesn't know who he is. Dude, it would be, that's got to be so difficult because I mean, I like the one easy thing about voice acting sometimes is that like you are voice acting next to somebody else. Like you're essentially like the conversations right. that you're having are with other people. It's but, still similar to acting where you are. Yeah kind of working off of another living being i mean d literally is just working in his head yeah (laughs) and i can't imagine that these characters are going to have too much interaction with people outside of their main group right given the situation (laughs) that they're in in this series i mean he probably i i I bet days when ming na wen came in he had him circled on the calendar like thank god i get to talk to another human human that's not me (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. It, it had to be such a fucking... But he... Movie. I mean, he's all over. I, I think... I forget which cartoon the little and I, the little one and I were watching, but it he was in that. I mean, I don't know if... I, I, D, we've D gotten into... one of the more... Yeah, he's all over. We, we've gotten into Phineas and Ferb. Oh, yeah. yeah. All because they did a, a full-on Star Wars special, like in 2014, and it prominently displays in Disney Plus if you go to a kid account. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we start with that, and she actually dug it. I, and I, I'm not going to lie, Phineas and Ferb is, is a pretty good cartoon. Nice. Uh, and th- their Star Wars parody is fantastic. I mean, they 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 clearly got the blessing from Lucasfilm, Disney. I mean, because they use actual character names and, and plot lines, but it, it was fun. Yeah. So anyways, D. Bradley Baker definitely had some some motivational things to say about the Bad Batch coming up here on May the 4th Be With You, which is going to be a hell of a day for us. Yeah. Uh, not only is my fat ass going to have to get up and do all that circle jerk shit to cover the, the premiere of Bad Batch. Uh, but I believe uh, Spa Spa Spunky has lined up an interview with SW Props yeah. for May the 4th, which actually is a great interview for Star Wars Day, even though, as I said last year during that Disney reveal, that should be the new Star Wars Day. We'll, we'll stick with it. <laughs> yeah. We'll stick with May the 4th. But I don't know. I, I feel like SW Props is like the embodiment of Star Wars fandom, at least the collecting side. Uh, so I think that'll be a, a fun chat and hopefully we'll get to learn a little bit more about where he uh, gets all these amazing toys and, and opportunities with said toys. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, Bad Batch, here we go. Going to be a busy day on May the 4th. <laughs> yeah. Prepare for it now. So um, the last piece of news that we have before we get into fresh our fan one. segment. It's fresh. 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 Yeah. Fresh off the presses. Hot off the presses. Uh, and this is around... The the I mean, at this point, it's it's basically confirmed casting because the rumor came from THR. I mean, it was it wasn't really a rumor like THR and and all of the big Hollywood sites deadline put it out as like he's got this. Uh, So there was a uh, Mina Masood threw up an IG post today shirtless and uh, Matt caught very astutely that the quote on this on this post is a quote from none other than Ezra Bridger himself. Yeah, I mean, it verbatim, people. This yeah. this isn't like just lucky happenstance or circumstance. I mean, 
Mina is channeling his inner Rahul Cooley right now. If this is uh, like if he's just trolling because this is way too targeted yeah. to just be a quinky dink. Yeah. So the, the quote says, hey, just so you know, when I escape, I won't hurt any of you. And and Matt, you were, you know, you did some scouring on the Internet. Oh, yeah, and you were course. able to find the, the actual sequence in the rebel show where Ezra says this and it looks like he's fighting through a debt like, you know, an imperial facility. He's fighting some some stormtroopers. And then uh, I get, you know, before the action happens, he sa- he tells him, he's like, hey, just so you know, when I escape, I won't hurt any of you. And you can see when he's fighting, like he's not actually killing them, like he's cutting their guns yeah. in half. He's deflecting the. Yeah, the, that's the exactly what happened. It was away um, from them. So. I think it was episode eight or nine of season two. Ezra is is captured by a group of stormtroopers, and like Nick said, he he drops that quote, and then obviously Jedi's their ass. Yeah, uh, but I mean, come on, if you start doing targeted captioning like that, like I said, you're either Mina has caught on to the movement out there in the fandom, and he's trying to have some fun like Rahul was. Yeah, or he is trying to skirt as close to that NDA line as he can get (laughs) without getting sued. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not like he doesn't even have it in quote. Like he doesn't have it like quoted to where people would know if this was a quote. And in fact, like, you know, people now are on the poster like, Oh, it's an Ezra crow. It's an Ezra quote. Like they, they picked it up, but I don't know how many people out there like would know that. If yeah, I like, mean only only us goons and, yeah. and I didn't. I, I mean obviously I, I I picked it up off of our our usual source, but dude, copy that quote and throw it into a search engine and oh yeah, it made press. I mean mm-hmm. you, you you drop that quote right now. Hey, just so you know, when I escape, I won't hurt any of you. Everything is targeted to Mina, so yeah. it was a it was a masterful social media job. If that if it was just to if it was just to get some juice today, he he fucking nailed it because if you search that quote, it doesn't even bring you to the episode. It just says, "Ooh, uh, Mina Masood said this," or "Mina Masood did an Ezra thing." Yeah. Mina Masood basically it guarantees he's in Rebels now, or or he's live action Ezra. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's ballsy. Again, like, I mean, it's ballsy if he actually is. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. But then again, man, like, I think that does ride that perfect line, that, that NDA yeah. line. Yeah. Because he can say, like, he's like, how many, how many people out there are fucking, I mean, like, he could probably say that there probably aren't 2.3 million people who've watched Rebels all the way through. Like, if you think about it, you, you may be close. It, right. it may be 2, 2.5, maybe 3 million people have seen Rebels all the way through. But it's not like that show was you know, advertise and out there yeah, as much dude, as Clone trust Wars. Me, I, I am a, I am a junkie. We do a podcast. I just rewatch rebels. I have no fucking clue who that quote was from until like yeah. I started diving into it. So no way. Cause like when you, like when you posted it and I looked at, it, I was like, Oh shit. Like, I guess it is an Ezra. Cause I, there was no way that I would be organically scrolling through my shit. Right and see this yes i like, needed i needed the internet's help on this one though i mean yeah. i'm a, and i, I will like say, say i'm a star only, wars savant, the only thing but. that would trigger somebody to look up that quote is that this picture is so much different than everything else on his feed like 
So you know that he posted this with some sort of like reason behind it. Yeah. Like there, it's not like a shot that he did to, you know, that, that fits along with all the shit that's been on his page. Like this was for a specific purpose and that line, you knew that that line was like something. I mean, even the picture itself. I mean, you yeah. say, say whatever you want about his, his bare chest. <laughs> that looks like Ezra Bridger. Yeah, for it sure. It looks like an older, lot, real meat Ezra. and bones Ezra Bridger. Like, and you can see that like he's been posting. One thing that he has been doing regularly is like his workout routine. Like he's been doing like progress yeah, shots come on. on like, I mean, he's he's gearing up for the fucking shoot. Now, yeah. is it the live action Ezra? Is he doing a bit for Ahsoka? Who knows? But come on. I mean, he's all but all he's missing in this post is wearing a fucking orange and tan jumpsuit. Yeah. And having a green lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, so this was this was like the perfect like NDA line ride tease. <laughs> I still can't. Is it like, still posted? Like, I mean, has he had to take it down yet? No, it's still up there because I'm looking. It's got 222,000 likes now. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny too, because if you look at like, there's a lot of blue check marks who are on there who are like. Yeah, and they're all like, yeah, dude. Like, but then like you get down to the regular people and it's like, Ezra Bridger, this is an Ezra quote. Oh my God, it's Ezra. And then like you, but then there are people who are like, what does this mean? I don't know what this is. What's this caption? So you can see that like sprinkled in there, there are people oh, yeah. who are Star Wars nuts that have realized that like, holy shit, this is, it's real. Yeah, it's, it's basi- real. It, basically, it's anyone that's not a celebrity knows it's Star Wars. <laughs> the, yeah, all the celebrities basically. are like, what the fuck is this shit? Everyone else is like, Ezra, what's that supposed to mean? Well, look it up. That's what the internet's for. I mean, I'm excited, dude. But then oh, again, here's one. Like, we got, here's one. Oh, what's Ezra? <laughs> what's Ezra? What's Ezra? Dude, that's the thing. Is like, if you look at the Rebels run, I mean, like in no, comparison right. to Clone Wars, of course, Clone Wars was on was had a theatrical release, and it was on Cartoon Network, which was a much more watched TV station than Disney XD, which is where a majority of the Rebels run happened. So not only are you not getting the publicity that that Clone Wars did, but you were on basically a buried TV network that if you didn't pay for like a premium package, you just didn't get. Yeah. So the fact that he he has probably exposed the character of Ezra Bridger to more people just with that post than knew who he was to start with. <laughs> Ah, it, it is neat. Like, I, I mean, I'm I'm happy for the dude if this is legit, which it has to be, right? I mean, at this yeah, point, at this it has point, to be. It's... But just imagine if you're if you're this guy right now, knowing that you're about to embark on you know a, a career journey that, for the most part, is going to end very very well for you. Yeah, uh, it's only going to make you more prominent within the industry. It's probably going to lead to uh, additional roles. Big or not big, streaming site or not streaming site. You know, I think Daisy's in that movie with uh, Tom Holland, although she gets none of the billing. I mean, it's yeah. just Tom Holland's cherry, much. Tom Holland, cherry this, cherry that. There's nothing yeah. about Daisy Ridley in that movie yeah. at all. Like she literally got hammered. Like it's yeah. nuts yeah. how hard she got fucking, I don't know if it's blacklisted or what, after Star Wars. It's odd because... 
I mean, I would argue just what she put out on TFA was better than the acting Mark put out in the in the original in the trilogy. Original I love trilogy. I love Mark. He's a great actor, but uh, Daisy just had uh, she she played a much more uh, emotionally intact character, one that could tap into the emotions and show it on screen. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, she she got bit by the, the Star Wars star bug. Uh, John looks like he's made it out okay. John's, dude, John just won an award for A Golden Globe. He Gold got a Golden Globe. Globe. But yeah, yeah, I mean, but he his character was also relegated to the background. So yeah. uh, it seems Daisy is going to be the one that takes it for the team on the sequel trilogy in terms yeah. of... I mean, uh, Os- she's kind Oscar of the, the fall girl. Already- she's the fall girl for everybody. Yeah. Oscar was already safe. You didn't have to worry about him. I think the good thing that John did is in between Star Wars movies, he fucking made Pacific Rim, which was another like tentpole, not really franchise, but like it was another big budget blockbuster. Yeah, and and Daisy did too with that. Um, I mean, Murder the on the Ag- Orient Express, you can argue is that is a more artsy film, <laughs> right? But I mean, look at the cast. I mean, it was yeah. like star yeah. after star after star. So I mean, it it, it still would have had the same billing as uh, Pacific Rim, and probably yeah. less tongue in cheek criticism like a Pacific Rim will get from critics and whatnot. But I don't oh, know. Yeah. It's, I mean, it. I just I thought it was hilarious. I knew this cherry movie was coming out, but any of the advertising, especially on Apple TV Plus, is Tom fucking Holland. That's yeah. it. Because That's people it. love Spider-Man, dude. And for some people, for some reason, people hate Ray. And like, I, I mean, that's, that's just, I mean, yeah. that's on them. I don't, I don't get it. But. I don't know, but, but back to Mina, man. I mean, just think yeah. about this. If, if this is legit, what's going on in his head right now, what he's getting ready to do and, and what that must feel like. I think we'd all, I mean, when we were talking to Silas last week, we were asked some questions about the set uh, without trying to look like two little fangirls. I mean, I was just sitting there thinking like, my God, can you imagine what this man got to do? Yeah. I mean, and the like, his stories about Abbey Road and the Frank Oz little anecdote or just yeah. being on set with Qui-Gon and Sam and George himself. Yeah. I mean, like, fuck. I say, a lot Christopher of, Lee. I mean, come on. Yeah. A lot of interactions with George, it seemed for, for both roles for, you know, uh, for Newt and for, um Kiati. And the thing about the thing about that interview that was so interesting is that, like he was very workmanlike. He was like, oh no, I never got caught up in anything. I never like Which makes I never, sense. I mean <laughs> But like if you talk to the stars, if you talk to Ewan, if you talk to and this is true for a lot of stars for like these big, huge multi-movie franchises, like when it came to the end. Because that's what I asked him. I was like, when it came to Kiati's death or when it came to Newt's death, did, was there any sort of emotion? And Silas was very like, nope, this was my job. I did my job. That was it. But if you talk to Ewan or if you talk to, you know, like, for example, like RDJ with fucking with Iron Man, they're like, yeah, when it came to an end, like I felt like you feel the end of yeah. essentially what was a 10 year period of your life. I mean, for Star Wars, a little bit less. It was like probably seven or eight when you add up filming and everything else. Like you are like for Silas less because the characters, I mean, Newt was very prominent in episode one, but the the characters weren't as prominent as like the mains. But like for Ewan McGregor, he was Obi-Wan Kenobi in his everyday life for eight years. And then when that when that franchise comes to an end, it's like, what do I do now? Like, what the fuck? So I feel like... Yeah, and, and people like you, and they're also treated like 
royalty and gods on a set. So I'm yeah. sure that's a hard experience to say goodbye to. Where, yeah, you where have to go you, home you go and you're from like, what being, do you mean? I don't have craft services. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, what? <laughs> the, no one's going to clean my trailer for me or, or, you know, clean my toilets and all this shit. Yeah, so no, I'd be sad, too, if I had to go back to real life. But yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I'm happy for this dude. I, I uh, he's got to be the Ezra. He looks too oh, damn yeah. good. The guy needed another gig after Aladdin. It seems like he kind of got and uh, look, blackballed as well. He's getting into the the best Star Wars to get in now, and that's TV Star Wars. Damn straight. I mean, it's, like, <laughs> it doesn't piss people off. Star Wars is what they should call yeah, it. Yeah, so. I know. Like this is. I mean, I'm sure that they're out there trying to cast the movies right now, and their actors like, probably like, "No, no it's like, way! You have a spot on the Mandalorian. Is there yeah, any I, more Disney Plus? Exactly, stuff right, right. Hey, can I talk to John Favreau and Dave <laughs> yeah. Filoni, please? Like, yeah. no, Kathy, leave me alone. Yeah, uh, it is a bummer because you got to think like a guy like Alden. He's probably shaking his head like, "What the fuck did I Dude, get myself into? He, I, if I was Alden Ehrenreich, I would be on the phone every fucking day." to john and dave and be like hey guys do you yeah. remember solo i know right. it didn't make a lot of money but it was good it was good i can do it and is ron deborah howard available? wants to do it yeah is De deborah available i know she's doing something in that time frame with yeah. kenobi i mean oh kenobi guys i could you know you can there. see han just walking across the street there going to the cantina yeah. right right yeah. right han, han solo knows obi-wan kenobi Hey, look, you got a Boba Fett series going on? <laughs> if, they, if it's flashbacks, get my ass in please, there. Please, please. You're like, you're giving Donald Glover another chance, but not me. Why I, not me? I, I hope Kira. that that Lando franchise pivots into solo shit. Fuck Because yeah. I, I think it can. And they both deserve more screen time. Yeah. Uh, and and I, so does Maul. I mean, that, that's what a lot of people forget when they're like, ah, solo, whatever. More solo means more mall, and yeah. I can get behind that any fucking day. Means more Ray Park, means more Sam Witwer mall coming back. Right. I mean, you get it, you possibly more get dick to, shots on IG too. You never know. Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> I hope so. I hope it happens, and I'm happy for Mina, and I'm really excited to see where this goes. And like you said, more than likely, this is probably going to be Ahsoka driven. But fuck, I mean. Given the the connection to Thrawn and everything else, there, there's a lot of opportunity for this character. Yeah, there's. I mean, I know of, we make fun of KRT and whatnot, but that's because they speculate versus get leaks. But a, a live action Ezra Thrawn isn't that yeah. far from reality. It really it needs isn't. to happen. Post, if it's gonna happen, I I gotta imagine it's gonna happen post Ahsoka. Because right. like I, I just don't know if there there's enough content for potentially a mini series. With just Ezra and Thrawn, if you're if you're using it as a direct follow up from Rebels, like there's it just doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot there unless they go way deep into like literal like the yeah, ascendancy ha shit, right? Hanging out in the unknown regions and, and essentially becoming buddies and working together before they get found or find their way back. Yeah exactly so, so who knows but he's out there and I, i'm just like i feel like he's staring into my soul with his shirt off this mina masood you know just <laughs> that look it's like he's looking right at me going yeah i'm fucking ezra bridger and yeah. you know it all he need, li like literally all he needs is like a lightsaber in one of his hands and that yeah, pose it, would just it's, <laughs> maybe it's there it's, you can't even see his hands maybe there's a lightsaber in his hand <laughs> there you go there you oh, go. Man. So, so uh, I, yeah. you take it to the bank. Mina is going to be the live action Ezra at this point. It's unavoidable. And uh, we know if he's fired by next week, then he definitely was live action Ezra and broke his NDA. Yeah. 
Like that that's how that's how out in the open it is to Star Wars fans. I, I understand other people probably aren't gonna get it, but hey. When it comes to us Star Wars fans, we're like super sleuths. We're gonna figure out what you're up to and we're yeah. gonna try to get you fired. Yeah. It's like, look, Disney, look what he did. No. Look what he said. He used a quote. <laughs> now we know he's Ezra. And yeah. will be like, well, I guess you're right. Fired. Yeah. You're fired. Get out of here. Vince McMahon. Go sit in the jail with Gina Carano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been censored. You've been canceled. Oh, man. All right. So okay. that pivots us into our fan segment this week. And not only do we have our fan question Uh-oh, and get our ready top for this. Five, but after a couple of weeks of stewing, I did whip up the Marvel versus <laughs> Star Wars battle bracket. So I don't know. So this is this is gonna be fun. I picked it's a sixteen player bracket. You could say, um, and we'll we'll kind of go into it first because obviously we haven't started the matchups yet. So we can just do the bracket reveal. It won't be very long, and then we'll go from there into our regular fan segment. So Matt, I know I sent it to you on. It's up. I got the it. Slacko. They can um, see it. So you can see here. This is how the bracket breaks out. It's a 16 person bracket. My I picked eight of each. So there are eight Marvel characters and eight Star Wars characters. And the way that the seeding plays out is as follows. Anakin Skywalker is the number one seed. I know that we did the force bracket showdown and Obi-Wan Kenobi ended up winning. But I still think that in terms of this particular bracket... He is the number one seed. The number two seed is Scarlet Witch. There can be arguments about seeding. There always are arguments about seeding in this, but I decided to seed this a very particular way um, because of potential matchups and stuff like that that could happen. The number three seed is Luke Skywalker. So, you know, we have a, a Star Wars, a Marvel, and a Star Wars. It doesn't go down like that the whole way. Um, but I think that Luke Skywalker is a fitting three seed. The number four seed is Emperor Palpatine. Start to go a little bit faster now. Five seed, Wolverine. So our next Marvel characters in there, number five, Wolverine. The number six seed is Revan. I will let you choose whether it is Darth Revan or Light Side Revan or Jedi yeah. Revan, whatever you want. Revan is there. The number seven seed, Captain Marvel. I like that one. Number eight seed, Darth Maul. Number nine seed, Thor. <laughs> Number 10 seed, Magneto. Number 11, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Number 12, Hulk. Number 13 is Phoenix. I'm talking about like, you know, Jean Grey as Phoenix, like her Phoenix form. Um, number 14. Oh, no, I lost myself on there. Is Ahsoka Tano. So, yes, Ahsoka is in there. Number 15 is Ray, and number 16 is the Human Torch. <laughs> so the bracket is already built, and our matchups are already decided. So the first matchup is going to be number one seed versus number 16. So that's Anakin Skywalker versus Human Torch. I feel like we know who's going to win that one. <laughs> uh, the, numbers, the, the second matchup, this is going to be a fun one, is Darth Maul versus Thor. That is good one. You got a god versus a dark side boss. Yeah. Number the the third matchup is the number four seed Emperor Palpatine versus number thirteen Phoenix. Which I mean, I know that we are a Star Wars fan base here, 
But to me, there's an argument that Phoenix upsets here. Like, I could see that happening. If that showdown really went down, and you, if you know Phoenix's powers, like, she may be a little underseated here. Yeah, I mean, from I, I obviously don't know Marvel as much as Star Wars, but I would... To me, the Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix, whatever, I mean, she's like a celestial being that's up there with like a Scarlet Witch, I would think. She is very, very powerful. And I I did kind of argue back and forth in my head, like, did I seed her too low? Like, should, should she have been a top 10 seed or not? Like, it was difficult, but I like I put her lower because... She doesn't have necessarily as much screen time as other Marvel right. characters. And, and like I told Matt, yes, I know that the Marvel characters I picked here aren't necessarily the strongest in the universe, whatever. Like I picked ones that that I assume that more people would know. Yeah, people, no, you're, you're getting yelled at because you didn't include Captain, but it's yeah. like, all right. It's like I didn't include Vul- like one of the ones that I was on the fucking fence about was Vulcan. And I was like, not enough people know who Vulcan is. And Vulcan is is um, is Cyclops's brother. Yeah, I was like, going to say, what is just, that, Spock's planet? Yeah, like, not enough people know who these super powerful Marvel characters are. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Hey, actually hey, a bracket. that's the beauty of making your own bracket. You don't have to fucking yeah, justify it. I don't care what you, what you guys think. So this next one up is actually an argument that I've had with my friends for oh, a long it's a, time. It's a known fight. Like, yeah. there's even a, a pretty good animated movie about it. Yeah. Wolverine and Hulk. So this it is. It's the number five versus number twelve. Wolverine versus Hulk. Um, I know who I want to win this one, and I know who I think would win. But I'm very curious to see who is going to come out on top. Yeah, I'm a, and I'm a Hulk is, Homer. I, I love Hulk. I love. See, and I'm on the other side. I love Wolverine. <laughs> so I, I do too. Enough. I mean, I do too. It's just like from what I've I've heard about this nerd debate because I've had this too. Uh, you know, Hulk versus Superman's another good comic book battle because apparently, and I'm again, I'm not as in the know, but from what I've learned about the Hulk, the the more pissed off he gets, the stronger and more invincible he gets, right? Yeah. So, you know, fighting Wolverine gets stabbed a few times. That's just going to make him more resilient. He could yeah. smush Wolverine's head, but I guess he could technically grow it back. But like, what he can't can he squish it though? Because his skull is adamantium, so like right. he can't just crush him, right? Because his bones. Because like that was one thing. Like if you draw on a lot of like on screen Wolverine shit, like you see that that Wolverine actually kills Phoenix in the third X Men movie. And she's like actively ripping his body apart and his regeneration is so strong that like even through his his literal skin disintegrating, he just grows it back and is able to kill her. Yeah, I I would I would assume that to to do Wolverine good, Hulk would have to detach his head, rip all his uh, (laughs) appendages off and then lock them up around the galaxy and that's what's so hard like that's to me like why i think wolverine wins this is because (laughs) he just wore of attrition's hulk and eventually hulk goes back to banner like eventually see hulk being like hulk bored hulk quit and he just fucking he's like fuck you and he just walks away he's like you win (laughs) so like it's that's an interesting matchup to me and that's the first one where it's where it's a it's a marvel versus it's a it's the same universe matchup Right. And there's there's one for Star Wars down at the bottom. Um, so the next one I, is Scarlet Witch versus Rey, which I think 
with our fan base, I know how that's going to go. Yeah. The dyad um, versus the one stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. So Yeah. Um, next one up is going to be pretty interesting. Is Captain Marvel versus Magneto. So that's another uh, Marvel, all Marvel matchup. Um, next one up, this could be could painful. You do this to poor <laughs> Ahsoka, man. I mean, this just seems hey, mean. <laughs> hey, so we got Luke Skywalker versus Ahsoka Tano. Oh, poor Ahsoka. It's, it's gotta happen. That's how the seeding sat. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Revan snips. versus Obi Wan Kenobi, which I think is a rematch. I think we actually had this play out in our Force user bracket previously. Yeah, he hellowed he hellowed there him to death. Yeah, he did. He just hello this somehow hello obi-wan kenobi defeated hello there one of the most powerful force users ever on record by purely just saying hello there hello there and 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 pointing the peace symbol at yeah (laughs) so that's the bracket so the first matchup that's going to come out will be anakin skywalker versus human torch i thought it would be i thought it would be interesting because human torch can fly and just like throw fire at him the whole time yeah everyone just pretend to catch just pretend that human torch is the (laughs) early version of captain america right just use real life because chris evans was the torch yeah he was and then because i remember that like like he played the torch and whatever about those fantastic fours but when he got captain america it's like really they made the torch captain america yeah i know and i was like this doesn't fit obviously two completely different characters oh yeah i mean evans was kind of playing that that high school douche up until that that was kind of his go-to like the douche yeah like he was even in if you've seen not another teen movie that's exactly the character that scott pilgrim he's he's one of the douchey boyfriends i mean he he was a great douche until he became Steve Rogers and then he became this like serious actor yeah uh, no I like it so uh, the way to get involved with this right is on They're, Instagram at Star Wars Time Show yes uh, Nick will have him uh, do you do post and story I, I you can only vote in the story oh, yeah. so you yeah, can story not... voting only because yes. it's a, a poll so I will it's yeah it's gonna be a poll um, I'll probably put out two matchups a week and and in that way that'll give us a lot of content for this bracket um so i'll I'll do at least two matchups a week i will put up a post but it will only to that it's only there to notify you that the story is up for voting so make sure to go to our story vote and then each week on the cast we'll recap the the matchups and who wins and who moves on yeah um as the bracket progresses down um so yeah this will be fun um i you know like you could probably look at the bracket and you know maybe you can make your predictions and stuff like that based off of how you think it'll go i i will say that my my dark horse for this for this whole run here is is phoenix is at the 13 seed i think she can go far um yeah I, i mean this is gonna go counter to our discussion but five seeds can always do something crazy in a tournament and that's it actually is say. it is good that you you're doing this right now because i believe the tourney is starting yeah so march madness is look, look at nick like he, he he's a fucking <laughs> smart dude yeah so, uh, so i i could see wolverine making a making a run from that yeah. five spot the five versus 12 matchup is always a toss-up though dude because you get those random 12 seeds who come out and just fucking over i know and i'm i'm a <laughs> i became a huge hulk homer after the first avengers movie yeah. i mean i i bought the the huge maquette i mean it's like 650 fucking dollars this thing is massive uh, but i just really fell in love with the character after that film but I've always been a Wolverine guy too. 
I know, dude. And like that, like I've been a Wolverine guy since I was a kid. Yeah, since I like mean, the, the, that, that X-Men, X-Men cartoon, cartoon series. Yeah, of yeah, course, dude. of course. Like that was it. And then. Do you think I did anything besides watch TV as a little kid? I, I mean, no, man. I think that's all we all did. Uh, I still had that fucking theme song in my head to this day. Dude, and I, I know I, it, I, I know it's out there on Disney Plus, but I have not rewatched the X-Men cartoon yeah, from the 90s. I, I love it. And Hugh Jackman was like literally the perfect human being to oh, play yes. oh, live yes. action. Of course. It was great. So. Um, excited to see how this bracket plays out. I think it'll be a fun one. Um, and it'll give us, like I said, this will be a multiple week project. Um, so after that, if we can come up with any other good ideas for, for bracketology, then we'll, I'll put together. Yeah, we should, we should at least try to get it through all of March Madness. So maybe, maybe one more, but yeah, we, we did this a few times last year, took a break. So if you are new, Welcome back to the Battle Bracket segment during the fan segment on the Star Wars Time Show. And like Nick said, most details can be found on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Yeah, I'll probably put up the first bracket or the first matchup tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll I'll, I'll look right. to put out the Anakin versus Human. You heard it now. Up. If he remembers, maybe he'll <laughs> even do it an at everyone in Discord just to let the diehards yes. know. But yeah, keep it going. I have found Nick. If you post in the morning around like seven or eight, uh, stuff like question of the day gets a lot more traction. So I don't know if that'll help you for the battle bracket. But and I gotta wake uh, up. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you might have to start getting up before noon, but uh, uh, you can do it. All right. Yeah question of the week so this is uh again we're we've been in the fan segment it's just a little bit it's supersized this week thanks to the return of the battle bracket but now it is time for the question of the week which is targeted to fall in line with some of our topics so we asked you all and you responded who is your favorite clone trooper and why just to kind of tie into the d bradley baker and the upcoming launch of the bad batch uh, so up first, I'll take it because I already have to piss again. <laughs> uh, I knew it was going to be a bad day today. Um, but uh, OAC here. So OAC said, I know there isn't much about him, but my favorite would be Arc Trooper Colt. A, his helmet is freaking amazing. I'm obsessed with it. He went from <laughs> I, letters I, I to numbers. That's fine. Yeah. Two, my brother gave me his figure years ago <laughs> and it created sentimental brat background for me. I 100% get that. And D, I love this, OAC. Is like, this is, it's a Home Alone reference. I don't know if anybody in the world other than oh, me caught that. Okay. It's All a right. Home Alone reference. Well, good. I'm the idiot then because I usually know a lot of pop culture, but OAC <laughs> got me here. And then and D, he was killed in possibly the most sexy Star Wars moment way, stabbed through the gut and a little kissy kiss from Miss Ventress. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, it's Colt. I'm a skull kind of dude, not to mention he was one of the first extra arcs that I remember seeing. Oh, wait, out. There we go. Thank yeah, you. You can always OAC. count on OAC for some of the deep cuts because he's, yeah. he's one of the, the bigger EU and just kind of side story people. Out yeah, there. no, I mean, that's a that's a fucking fantastic poll. So good stuff by OAC, old architect customs on Instagram. Um, <laughs> this next one is funny because this is exactly the reason why people probably wouldn't pick him. But uh, Jurassic Jurassic Star Park Wars. God, that was hard to get out. Says Fox because he killed fives. You would imagine that most fans yeah. of the Clone Wars would not pick Fox because yeah, of the fact Jurassic that he killed Star fives. Jurassic Star Park Wars likes to troll, if anything yeah. else. <laughs> so 
Uh, I like that because it was the counterintuitive. And, and, and this person also forms handles like I used to when you, you try to jam in every one of your favorite things. Because <laughs> I've told you before, though, my, my first handle that I used was Jedi Baggins 1138. <laughs> yeah, dude, you were literally getting in. I as- was loud and proud <laughs> with my geekdom back then. I was like, dude. yeah, I'm a Star Wars and Lord of the Rings fan. God damn it. And the world's going to know. Yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. So Jurassic Star Park Wars says he likes Fox because he's a murderer. Definitely going against the grain there. Yeah. I mean, Fox is almost universally hated amongst yeah. Clone Wars fans. Exactly. That's why I picked it. Kingdom of Weird also with a very unpopular response. He says, he says, is this a trick question? Apart from the Bad Batch 99 and Boba, they're all the same. No, Hashtag expendables. expendables. I like that. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, man. technically not. We, we, we had what I like to call the named clones, and every yeah. named clone, in my opinion, did have a distinct personality. I, I know Kingdom's just fucking Both with us. Fun. But the one he does mention, 99, I, I don't know if that's a clone a lot of people remember. I, I actually just saw the episode. It's that ARC Troopers episode from season three. But Clone Trooper 99 is one of my favorite, too, because he is... It was like the is, first defective one. Right? Yeah, I mean, he is he is a... I mean, you got the Bad Batch. This guy's like the stanky batch. I mean, he was <laughs> as malformed as it gets. Like, I mean, he aged quicker already than everybody. He was kind of a hunch... I mean, he, he was like the hunchback in Notre Dame. Everyone made fun of him because he could never be a realized clone, even though he still had the programming. I mean, he was essentially a janitor, right? And he he would treat his janitorial duties as if he were going out on missions with his clone brothers uh, to take on the Separatists. Um, and he has kind of a tragic end, but it also brings all of the clones closer together and reminds them that, hey, everyone has a part in this in this battle even those that may not have been scienced as well as the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. So that was a good pull. So you know that Kingdom knows the deep cut name clones. <laughs> He's just throwing out some shade. So uh, I like it. I like the I like the Expendables. <laughs> yeah, he said uh, Kingdom's in here. He says, was joking just of course. Uh, was just joking. Of course, I want to see Rex and Ahsoka. So there we go. We know he knows his shit. Um, next up, this is from Cronadil dot or Cronadale. Cronadale dot SW. Dot yeah. SW. There we go. Uh, I'm going to go with the basic answer. Rex. He's probably the best executed character after Ahsoka. Agreed. That Umbara arc was brutal for him and seeing him take a stand even against his programming was one of the coolest things done in the show. That was like that season seven moment where like his he starts to literally just lose it because of the Order 66 and everything that's happening and, and how Ahsoka ends up saving oh, yeah. him was some pretty I mean that awesome that just shit. sealed the deal on Rex, but Rex really, I mean, from the movie on up was always made the most prominent clone. He was he was Anakin's right hand man, therefore yeah. he was he was gonna be featured heavily. Uh, I was I was expecting to see a ton of Rex answers, and, and we did get a few, but th- there was some good variety here. But yeah, of course, uh, Rex, as we know it right now, is the one that makes it all the way through. I mean, he, he makes it through the Clone Wars, he makes it through the rise of the Empire, the fall of the Empire, and there's a good chance we may even be seeing what he's up to during the 
uh, early, 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 very early days of the Remnant, a.k.a. the First Order. So uh, Rex is a, a Star Wars legend type of character, 100%. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, love that answer there. Next one up is from Luke K.JPG. He says, Echo, just because we get to see him from a cadet all the way to bad batching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I guess that is one of the rare instances where you get to see a clone kind of, I don't want to say mature, but like you get to no, see you, you do. Cause turn. echo and I believe fives is in there too, but th- they were in that group of kind of doofus clones that didn't quite have their shit together uh, at the beginning of their, their training. And then they ultimately banded together and became one of the most memorable set of uh, 501 clones out there, right? Definitely. I mean, Echo, Fives, and Rex are, they're like the, this is a, a bad example, but they're like the, the the three stooges, but not stooges. You know, the three musketeers is probably a better. Three, yeah, uh, the musketeers. I'd probably a better, better, better uh, <laughs> comparison the three, than the three stooges. I think that was a that's a good a good pull, obviously. Echo and we'll see more of Echo and in, in Bad right. Batch and hopefully yep. we'll see the, a little bit more of Rex and the other guys as well. The, so. the new and improved Echo, because he he had a little uh, a little tweaking from the techno union yeah, that has yeah. fundamentally changed him. Yeah, he got he got uh, low botted. <laughs> so um last answer up is from lima for photos so this time lima got in a response that was just the right size for screenshot because <laughs> last time he had a very well detailed thought out response but it would have taken like five screenshots <laughs> to get it in this one perfect size for one screenshot he says fives 100 fives he is perhaps the best representation of what yoda said in that very first episode of the clone wars in the force, very different each of you are. And not just mindless drones, albeit one notch higher than droids. <laughs> While his name is somewhat ironic, considering that he would later on on say, uh, I guess, okay. He's usually really good, Lima. It's somewhat ironic. Up here. <laughs> yeah, no, it says, it's somewhat ironic. Uh, while his name is somewhat ironic, considering uh, he would later say on Umbara, I'm not just another number. None of us are. He was one of those clones who truly made it to a point to remind, ev- made it a point to remind everyone about their humanity. It wasn't all lip service too. His actions truly embodied his genuine care and commitment, uh, not just towards his duty to the Republic, but more importantly towards his brothers. Ultimately, that commitment cost him his life. To state the obvious, he was an excellent warfighter. He was cunning, creative, and undoubtedly brave. Uh, putting together all that and you have the Star Wars embodiment of an adage in the United States Marine Corps, no better friend, no worse enemy, truly the Republic's finest. Well, thought out response as always from Lima. I mean, Lima should have wrote Fives as as obituary. Obituary, right? Yeah, Yeah. I know, right? That would have been good. (laughs) But no, I mean, he is is right. I mean, Fives is one of those characters, and that's why... That's why his death has so much impact, is that... Well, he was was huge to the ultimate... I guess redemption of the clones through through Rex to to break the conditioning because without yeah. Fives and and his discovery of the chip, Rex would have never even had that thought to to recall what Fives was telling him to to give him that millisecond to fight back 
that 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 pull to get his 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 blasters out and start shooting Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, but Fives also, I mean, again, like he started, he he was arrogant, but they couldn't really do shit. He really was kind of a uh, a a a troubled clone that became one of its most iconic, and and as Lima said, definitely led by example. Always put his brothers first. Which ultimately uh, cost him his life at the hands of of what's his name's buddy, uh, oh, Fox. Yeah. So yeah, at the hands of Fox, Jurassic Star Park Wars. That's his go. favorite. Jedi so. Baggins one one three eight. That's all I can hear when I hear that that handle. So there you go. Good one, good yeah. one, Lima. Yes, we do know you have a, a little bit of a hard on for fives. Just got to check out Lima's. That's like his muse, if you will, in the toy photography space definitely lots of fives starring action shots from lima four photos there we go all right that brings us into our top five star wars fan artist features of this week and this week is a fan shot breakdown as well so we have two shots from uh to break down one from rodney den 36 and one from lima four himself so he makes a double appearance on Uh the show this week um but to kick off the top five this week we have at Jedi underscore oh my journal. God, dude, this shot, like, <laughs> I don't, I, I think this is the, the Hot Toys life-size Grogu, which I do have on pre-order, but clearly I don't have yet. Yeah. And it looks like he's holding one of the master effects or one of the higher end Luke Skywalker, uh, Luke Skywalker ROTJ R-O-T- swords. Yeah. So the shot itself is uh, really incredible. I just love it, dude. Because it's a, you can tell, well, I don't know if you can tell, but like basically the, the way that the shot looks like it was set up is that Jedi Journal has all the lights off in his room yeah. or wherever he's shooting this. And it's just Grogu with the ignited green saber, Luke's green saber ignited. Yeah. And it's just, you get the green glow and then the face on Grogu is fucking Yeah, his perfect. mouth is wide open. <gasps> he's, it's like, oh. Yeah. It's like, like it, his, it's the first time he saw a lightsaber or, you know, it's been 50 years since he saw a lightsaber and just yeah. the pure joy and shock of seeing the, the, the clarity, the vibrancy of the blade. The little guy is just mesmerized yeah and you can even see that he's wearing the mythosaur pendant as well yeah. like the the necklace um but yeah like that facial expression just perfectly <laughs> captures this this I image i love it i love it it's like uh yeah it's like he you know he found something is just so shocking to him he can't help but just leave his mouth agape it, it'd be like if you're a little kid got into mommy's sex toy drawer and pulled out the dildo and was like, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's just looking at this like, ah, it's so, but it's just, it's such a, a simple shot, but it's so damn perfect. I mean, you would think the atmosphere being overly green would, would kind of compete with Grogu's own greenness, but it, no, it, 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 it actually highlights, highlights it. it. Yeah, it exactly. It's, it, it's just so excellent. And I would, I would have to guess that Jedi Journal is holding the lightsaber at the top. Yeah, like at and, that angle. And letting it kind of rest in Grogu's hand. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's just, it, it's a great pose. But the, the expression is what, as Nick said, sells it. And just having yeah. that that lightsaber light enhance this little dude's face and that, that <laughs> that's just like, ah, look what I got. Like, <gasps> yeah. Woo! I want to go fucking cut something up. It's it's like the face you make. I mean, like kids nowadays. I mean, I'm sure they have this same thing, but like 
when we were kids and like you opened up that Christmas present that you Ex- wanted. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the, <gasps> it's the big, wow, Santa actually did yeah. bring this for me face. Like, holy yeah. shit, I got it. Yeah. And here I just imagine little Grogu, you know, maybe Luke gave it to him to, to let him check it out, get some practice in, or, or, you know, he is Grogu. Maybe he was in the kitchen yeah. and just saw the blade on the table after he had one of his macaroons. He he decided, <laughs> like, he looked over his shoulder, he looked over his other shoulder, and he's like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I know <laughs> I know. Master Luke says I shouldn't play with this, and he goes, and lights it up, and he's just like, oh, oh shit. Dude, if you look I at that, that's fucking the power. Hilt. The hilt is almost as tall as he is. Of course, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking great all right you know so, that grogu did grow though and uh, there's yeah. visual evidence uh, apparently if you look at grogu compared to mando's boots in season one to two grogu did add like a head or two to height so he was growing in between seasons yeah so i know you didn't Make see it, it on camera but he grew people just deal with it yeah sorry that there wasn't a a notch on the on the razor crest side that shows his height chart <laughs> It's okay though. I still that's People still one of my favorite. People can still grow without them saying uh, that they grew. One <laughs> of my favorite fan freakouts from Mando S two was Boba's armor being painted. It's just like that's so ridiculous. How did he do it? Like how did he get painted from one planet to the next? How? It's like what do you mean? They just fucking painted it, dude. It's Star Wars paint. Yeah, it's real ass paint. They just went Shh, painted. Yeah, and it's literally like if you it's it's painted the same fucking color as the <laughs> just, as the slave one. So he probably just had some extra fucking slave like the, one paint. The, the, just did he have to send it to a hive somewhere and get the armor to do it? No, he yeah. just fucking he hung it up in the, in the slave one's trunk and spray painted the shit. Yeah, God, people are so nuts. Uh, at Jedi underscore journal on Instagram, though, fantastic shot here of little baby Grogu with the big lightsaber. All right, next up we have. A fantastic Neo Boba shot from at Nick's oh, yeah. Toy Picks. Oh yeah. Um, and this this one here is I don't know if this is a, this may be like pretty close to a scene recreation of something that we did see in the in the um Tython episode on Mando, but you can see that that Neo Boba is kind of kneeling down almost in like a ditch, and he's got two dead stormtrooper bodies right next to him, pistol drawn out, kind of dirt. Flying oh, yeah, over I mean, his he's body. got a uh, Nick's at Nick's toy picks, by the way, becoming one of my personal favorites. Basically, every shot he puts out is a it's a good looking shot. Nice. Uh, but in this shot, he, he's channeling a little bit of the everything Kylo um, uh, yeah. particle blast. Right. Exactly. Yes. Uh, no, but at Nick's toy picks, like I said, I mean, he does. There's a lot of portrait stuff. There's a lot of just, you know, staged action scenes. But all of his shots, to me, are visually pleasing. Yeah. Uh, This guy just is very good at at staging a shot and then executing said said shot. I mean, like, I'm on his page now. Just this (laughs) solo of Ahsoka sitting there is a good-looking shot, even though it's just a a simple portrait. You want to know something Uh, funny? This is hilarious. He's got a Darth Jar Jar shot, and it has 666 likes. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that, that's a to-be-featured, by the way, on at Star Wars Time Show. So, again, if you're listening that. to this segment and you'd like to try to get into the top five, make sure you're following at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. And anytime you share a Star Wars-related piece of art, be it toy photography, tattoos, cosplay, real-ass paint, you name it, Tag us at Star Wars Time Show and use hashtag Star Wars and look Time at the, Show. This is what I like to see. I'm looking at Nick's toy picks right here, and, and, and specifically on this uh, on this Darth Jar Jar shot, 
This is how his tags go in his in his uh, description. At Star Wars, at Star Wars time show. Fucking A. That's, That's right. how it goes, people. Damn That's straight. how you're supposed to do it. N- now I know why I, I, I like this guy. Yeah. We're we're number two billing. I don't know if it, if that Thank continues you. on right now. Thank it does. you. And his most recent one too. We're number two, right behind Star Wars. All right. Um, but this shot is like you said, man. This does have echoes of everything Kylo in it. And anytime we say that about a shot, it's a good thing because Jesse is yeah. obviously one of the original goats on the Star Wars. I just time featured show. a great one from him today. I don't know if you saw it, but he's got he got Jar Jar hanging on to the cannon part yeah. of an e-web as the mando's trying to fire it <laughs> I, I thought it was a uh jesse typically doesn't go for humor shots uh so it was something different from him but it was also just uh, you know expertly executed i, I yeah. thought it was hilarious it was perfect now oh, that was misa that on the gunsa <laughs> you could you could see like somehow jar jar would end up on the fucking front of a gun but of course um, but yeah, this this Neo Boba shot from from Nick's Toy Picks is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so make sure stuff. to go give him a follow at N I K S Nick's Toy Picks on Instagram. Uh, beautiful job. Next up here is from at Uncanny Figures. This was almost like this shot here is is super clean. I love it. So what we're seeing is Mando. This is this is definitely from season one Mando. So oh yeah, um, last step, episode. Yeah. So he's stepping out of, I guess it would be the. Uh, it's the, it's the it's the moment where yeah. they're all pinned down by Gideon, yeah. but uh, thanks to IG, they get a break to come out, and it, 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 we saw it in the trailer. I mean, he comes out and just like Blast face face, face blasts a trooper, and Uncanny has it perfectly recreated. Yeah. So Mando's coming out. He's got his literally his gun is just. He's not even looking at the stormtrooper. He's looking straight ahead. <laughs> gun is just. At yes. his chest, blast this dude right in the Storm face. Stormtrooper meet blaster bolt. I mean, yeah. it's like right in his fucking dome. It, it just, again, these are toys that look like movie stills. I mean, Uncanny has said himself that he kind of gets in, he feels like he doesn't get as much of a following because people just feel like he's sharing uh, professional toy product glamour shots. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean this is... he composites so fucking good. Yeah. And by that, I mean, takes a shot of the figure and then perfectly like it's not a little bit of this. It's perfectly matches the the lighting, the tone, everything of the background to the character. Yeah. And when you do, when you have shots like that and we feature shots like that before where it's like it's hard to distinguish whether this is actually just a screen grab exactly or if it's a, a toy pick and in exactly. this case like even the muzzle blast that you get from the gun is so well executed that you're like holy shit like if you didn't know this was a toy picture you could be like oh damn that's like a pretty dope ass shot yeah, i mean the the, he just like the the way he lights his figures and then composites them into a scene it's just it's ridiculous i mean yeah. i'm on his page now he he had a big Marvel run there for when a lot of the Endgame pictures came out. Recreated he he's recreated all the new Justice League yeah. posters that Zach's been putting out. Uh, so uncanny a can take uncanny looking shots. A and, and, and B has got some fucking cash flow because this guy it looks like he's got hot toys of of every fucking modern pop culture figure in both the comic book and star Wars space you could want. 
Yeah, that's pretty uh, fucking nuts. But no, I mean, like his 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 shots are just so ridiculous. Clean, I mean, just ridiculously so good. good. Yeah, like it's just yeah, just un, uncanny is a great name for his account. It's just like I, I mean, he is a master compositor, but it's it's different to me than what someone like a Mint Complete does. Yeah, I mean, uncanny does full on, you know, top to bottom recreations of movie tv scenes and posters using toys and yeah. as as props is uh, uh, confirming with us in the in the live stream chat that's when you know that a compositor is a master when you look at their work and go that's real yeah like that's that's a fucking screenshot from the trailer or the episode it's not just your toys shot well and edited well so uh, big fan of at uncanny figures on Instagram. And I think other people that appreciate this art form will be too. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. All right. So next up we have at collectors dot orbit. And this is a fantastic mashup shot. Like the predator and star Wars mashups. I think we may have featured one last well, I think week. Just too. last week we were talking yeah. about, it's just, I mean the, the franchises alien predator and star Wars for some reason, it just meld well. Just line up and feel like they could be a part of yeah. a, a, the, the same galaxy. Maybe a little bit of time traveling here or there. But, yeah. uh, you know, this this collector's orbit photographer excels at, at crossing over Predator and Alien into Star Wars. And this shot that Nick picked is a Predator dual-wielding green lightsabers. And, and it's if you look behind great. him, too... He's cut down Kit Fisto. Kit oh, Fisto's yeah. dead bodies laying in the background. And he also just killed the Stormtrooper too. And the pose is incredible. So you see him just like walking with this menacing pose. Like he's in mid stride. He's got very boss, very boss style pose. Yeah. And it's just like with a predator, these weapons feel so organic on him. It doesn't feel like, right. you know, it doesn't feel like weird. Like it would if, if you saw captain america holding a lightsaber or something like that like the predator holding these two sabers feels like these are weapons that he would have like i agree and knowing what the predators were let's say these franchises were mashed up fuck yeah they would be going trying to hunt force users yeah fuck yeah yeah. all they wanted was were challenges i must say they're glory hunters like could you imagine how much you know glory and how much pride they would get out of killing of I, I mean these like, people if, if you believe avp and all that stuff they came to earth just to set up hunting challenges with aliens with to kind of to keep aliens self-contained in a temple but every couple hundred years when they won the test their warriors they would make a few aliens come to life and then challenge themselves to hunt them down in this temple yeah uh no i just I, you're right dude it it and hell even Star Wars creators themselves know this truth. Uh, I think it was the, the Star Wars proper run, maybe issue nine or ten. There are very clear Easter eggs to a Predator face mask slash helmet and a Xenomorph's skull. Yeah. So let's go. It's canon at this point. There we go. So uh, beautiful work here from at collectors.orbit on Instagram. Go give him or her. Yeah, it's just great. Great lighting, great atmosphere, mm-hmm. good pose. It, well done. Everything about it. Beautiful. Uh, and the last member of the oh, top hey five now, this week. Look at it. Here we go. Is our good friend Devin, a.k.a. at super underscore scoundrel. 
in the live stream chat and on the Instagram. Actually, in live stream chat, he's just his name. He's just Devin. Um, but this this shot here of a of an Imperial Tie pilot, or not shot, this piece of art here, this piece of vector <laughs> art here. Yeah, this real ass paint. Right? I mean, it's 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 so clean and it's so it pops so well because of the colors and the way that Jesse uses the co- not Jesse Devin uses the colors like and I don't know like are there actual Thai pilots that are colored this way I believe I, I don't know I mean black? he's he's in the chat but I think we get some of this in squadrons okay so that's what I was gonna ask like because if if people play squadrons you know better than me and Devin you can let us know in the chat if like this is something you saw in the game or if you were just inspired, like, I just think black and gold looks fucking sweet. So I'm going to make a tie pilot that has. So if you if you if you're not looking at the image and you're on the uh, on the audio only. So his basically what would be his wrist guards are gold. His shoulder pauldrons are gold. And then also his his mask has these like almost two gold racing stripes. Well, it's like the- I would say the helmet is similar to the the first order advanced pilot where they had the red stripes going yeah, down the helmet. Exactly. But th- this one's getting yellow because this looks like a first order tie versus a traditional. A, I could yeah, be wrong because the, cause the Devin, actually Devin, because right. the the shoulder the the emblem on the shoulder is first order, I believe. Yeah. But no, um, dude. Hey, any anything black and gold, you know, I'm I'm gonna like. I'm I'm Pittsburgh, born and bred. Haven't yeah. lived there in a long time, but you're never gonna beat that little rusty city out of me. Yeah. Uh, but dude, I I mean, there's no better combo of colors, especially for sports teams, than the black and gold. If you think about it too, we both kind of fall into that because the Saints are black and gold too. <laughs> so. We both get go. that enjoyment. You're, yours actually, show. you actually are black and gold. Yeah, you're yeah, black I mean, and we, yellow. We are more black and yellow, like what's his name said in his song. So I can't remember. Like it, black and yellow, black and yellow, yeah. black and yellow. Like we're black. Wiz Wh- Khalifa. There you go. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this shot. I mean, I keep saying shot. This this piece of art, this real ass paint from Devin is just. I mean, Devin's always a killer, and it's just like it's hard. To not put him up there every fucking time, right. like it's just whenever well, we share. I mean, a shot we from we have to put like, him in timeout. Like I I, I <laughs> have his I have shots of his that are they probably date back to January now that I've just been sitting on because there there are very few accounts where everything they post is featureable and top fiveable. Yeah. Uh, so I try to 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 spread them out. So, like this this Revan piece that he did recently, he put out today. Two, two hours ago, he put out today. He put it out within this time span of our show. Oh my god! Like, look at this. This motherfucker is insane. Like this Revan is so nuts that like it blows my mind. <laughs> like Jesus! Yeah, look at this guy. Look at him sneaking this shit in while he's listening to the show. Listen, look at him. He's always working. He's always got that real ass paint ready to rock. Yeah, I mean it is. But yeah, there, there's. I mean that's that's again tomorrow when I go and do my routine in the morning, I'll be screen capturing this Revan. He'll go in the feature folder, <laughs> but I'll probably wait a few days because we just sat here and licked his balls on the top five. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, it, you you have to give him a break because it's just it's spread too out. much good shit. We don't want his um, head to get too big. I mean, I I am a little upset that he decided to do some Marvel a few weeks back. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw the poll he put out on his 
on his uh, his profile, Nick, but he said, should I keep doing Star Wars or get into Marvel? And I believe I was the only one that said, fuck no, stick with Star Wars. <laughs> I uh, mean, he, even the Marvel shit's fucking but the, fantastic. I would say I the mean. stuff that he did with Marvel, man, is so killer. Like those portraits of uh, of Scarlet Witch and of uh, Loki yeah, and Vision, Loki. like they're all so good. And he did, so, so like, the, the one that he did with Vision, like the video that he did with Vision it's so crazy because it shows you like it kind of does that fade away. Wait, you, you know, you know what that is, though? That's a team up with at SW props. So, oh, with, man, these two guys. Yeah, these guys. That's these what I mean. Motherfuckers. That is De- that Devin, is so Devin good. lays down the real ass paint and then SW props. I think it's Justin. He then uh, lays down the real ass moving Graphics. shit there you go. <laughs> yeah mean, real ass nasty real like ass that. animations that's so good that's so good so like i i'm glad that that devin is doing a little bit because i love marvel as well but like when you put out star wars shots like the shit that you just put out i mean like even the boba or like the mando reskins that he just did is just so fucking yeah i've nasty, got that man. one with another at sw props oh, uh, motion God. overhaul it, like, it hurts to look at because <laughs> it's so good and it's like, now I wish that this was real. Like, I wish that we had right. Amanda with these, with like this red armor and this black and yellow armor. Like, I, I feel just like, want- I feel like Nick's going to have to go wheel one out after the show here. <laughs> it's just, it's. Devin's the- got them all charged up. Taylor, watch out. <laughs> watch out. If Nick comes running out with a tent pitched, it's you better just, watch out. <laughs> it's just so good. And nah, he is. He is. He is know. great. I, it's just and every time we feature Devin, I like to give updates on like his follower account because it's just we've seen his his account go from Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> he's up to thirty three thousand. Yeah, he's at thirty three thousand followers now. I, just, I feel like the last time we looked at his account, he was at like 15 or 18 or 19 and he's already at thirty three. Yeah, I it's, shit you not. I'm pretty sure I stumbled upon Super Scounder around this time or maybe a little earlier last year. And I think he was at like six thousand followers. It's just I mean, it's look at the two Star Wars time show gives you. I'm just kidding. Clearly, clearly it's all all Devin. But (laughs) I I do feel like once we found them, it exposed him to more people and the dominoes started to fall and it was a click, click, save, follow, boom, boom, boom. Now he's at 33K and I still want my fucking coffee table book of the super scoundrels. Hey. Portfolio. You know, maybe he can put that up on his shop soon because he does. If you like Super Scoundrels work, he's got a shop. It's on his Instagram. Make sure to go to the Instagram. It's in his description. You can buy T-shirts. You can buy. Hoodies, I want a discount buy, code. God damn it! You can buy long sleeve. Yeah. What's the What's the friends and family discount code? Um, but this shit that I mean, like these shirts that that Devin makes, they're actually like really fucking. Cool yeah, he's a, pip. he's a pip. I still I, want the Mando, like the Mando Vice one. If I'm getting one, it's the Mando Vice. The Mando Vice is too. Oh good. yeah, oh yeah. When he did all the like the eighties uh, synth yeah. synth inspired. Even art the fit. actually, I see this one now. The Eris one, the 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 Bo Katan one, where he he's got like the like the wavy sun, and he's got the you know that that eighties kind of coloration style to the Bo Katan. That shit is nasty. Oh yeah, too. Jesus. I'm man. telling you, man. <laughs> you get you get you could take his entire fucking Instagram page. Print it out on the that foil paper I'm talking about that I've seen other vector artists use. Slap that shit in the book and really make some Star Wars fans drool. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling yeah. you. 
beautiful shit. So I know it's easy to get done. Get it done. Get the <laughs> publisher. Get 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 manufacturing up and running between between you and SW Props. You know you probably know enough people. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. Ah, uh, there we go. So, um, at super underscore scoundrel, if you're not already following, give him a follow because it's just a joy to see this shit pop up in your feed. Yeah, someone, um, someone pay him. This, someone pay this man for yeah, his. Yeah, I know, right? Like, don't, don't. You don't need to make your own coffee table book. You need to have fucking Lucasfilm hire you, and then they can make your coffee table book for you. There you go. <laughs> oh man, um, so beautiful shit. So uh, at super underscore scoundrel, he closes out our top five for this week, and this week is our fan shot breakdowns, like we mentioned earlier. So we got two shots here. One first up is from at Rodney Dent 36. And it's a fun little mashup shot we got here. Oh, um, so you um I thought you were working top down. You're, you're yeah, just, I, I started to do that, you're, but you're then I also I think like I was doing that and I like for some reason I don't know if like maybe the person deleted their account or they changed their name, got but you. like one of them like redirected yeah, away. Yeah, no big deal. I just I just know Rodney recently reached out through. with this shot and said, "Hey guys, can I I would appreciate if you threw this up on the fan shop breakdown yeah. and and I obliged. figured that if we worked from the bottom, it would it would be more relevant because if go. people do send in shots recent, you know, in, in more recent fashion, then we could get to. Oh, them and there, there's a good chance based on the amount of time that has passed from our initial call till now, a lot of those people probably hate us. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's very possible. That I, I mean, I can I can name a very prominent name that has nothing to do with us anymore. Nothing. Whoa. Nothing. Fortunate. Uh, a multiple top five featurey. Someone we thought could roll with the punches, but um, no, gone, gone. Well, there we go. So that'll happen from time to time. But you know what? PPP. Yeah, I, I figured that he he might be gone because we hadn't seen him in a while. But you know, that's just no, the no way tagging. I no tagging. I, I've had some of his old shots. I've featured. Doesn't even acknowledge it anymore. So we've been canceled. There we go. Just like Gina Carano. <laughs> um all right so matt so in this shot what we see i'll, I'll give a quick descriptor and I'll, I'll let matt do the breakdown and critique so what we see is a is a mashup between jurassic world and star wars and we see the indominus rex kind of in the background running towards all of our star wars favorites so we see c3po we see jar jar binks r2d2 Padme and then some some phase one clones just kind of running to get away. One of the phase one clones is turning around to try to take a shot at this thing. But we all know that you just cannot simply kill the Indominus Rex. Um and that's so that's the setup for the shot. So Matt, what what do you see? Where do you think there's actually can be we just I think we just did a Rodney shot a, a few segments back or when whenever you you break this out of the, the closet. And I I feel like this there is improvement in this one in particular with the posing. Uh, I I think the the posing is pretty spot on. You you do get a feeling that everyone's running here. Padme, Jar Jar in particular, you know, three mm-hmm. PO's trying to do his shuffle as fast as he can, and of course R two is getting the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, this is one being it being outdoors. It, it, it probably could have been spruced up with some atmosphere. I think that's one of the biggest things lacking here yeah. is there. There's nothing to really add any atmosphere to the shot. 
uh, it doesn't look like any extra light was used, which is which is great. I mean, that's why I love shooting outside. A lot of times uh, nature's light is the best light. But I feel like the one ingredient this shot is missing to to make it just kind of pop a bit more would either be some some particle effects or just some smoke, atmosphere aerosol, smoke bomb, hand steamer, which I've been getting back to for indoor shots and it works quite well and it's not going to kill me anymore. I don't have to sit there and huff chemicals for three hours straight and then feel my kidneys and liver trying to process them. But I, I do. I, I really think in this shot from Rodney Dent, it's it's a lack, a lack of atmosphere that... Uh, would would have helped tie it together better in my opinion that's i was that's kind of where i was gonna go and i was like struggling for a way to describe why i think it needed it i i was gonna say it almost looks too sterile right but that wasn't exactly what i was trying even to get if, across Nick, even if it was like little pieces of of dirt and debris yeah, getting like kicked up by, by by their feet to to make the sell the motion exactly to, to make yeah. the, the the motion feel a little more clear uh if you didn't want to do that rodney could have done some sort of uh, motion blur effect mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know keep keep padme and, and r2 and and the clone in focus but then to kind of have that motion blur in the background to to make it look like the the dinosaur is really gaining ground uh, I, the dinosaur in the shot, I mean, th this is a personal opinion, personal preference. I'm not a huge fan of Star Wars and dinosaurs for some reason. <laughs> it's just like I can process a Star Wars and Marvel mashup better than a Star Wars and dinosaurs. And that that's not just Rodney's shot. I've seen it in a lot of shots. Uh, I think one of the only Star Wars dinosaur shots I've kind of liked was one from Hideous. He did like a silly one where... Um, Din was riding on the back of like a, a raptor or T-Rex and it actually kind of looked <laughs> cool. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. It's, it, it, and this is ridiculous because Star Wars isn't real. None of it's real, <laughs> but it just, it seems like Star Wars and dinosaurs doesn't mix for me. Okay. Yeah. A personal preference. Thing so that's there. a, that's a personal preference thing. Like the subject matter isn't my favorite. Yeah. But um, in terms of the shot, it's I do agree that some sort of like particle effect slash atmosphere would definitely make this feel a little bit more. Yeah, real. that's it. I think that's the only thing missing. I don't think any lighting needs tweaked. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the, I mean the the setup of the shot is well done. The posing's well done. I'm getting I'm getting what's happening in the scene. It just adding a, a little bit of VFX if you need to, or using practical smoke for the shot to me. Uh, would have would have sold the scene that much more than what we get now yeah definitely so uh overall pretty good setup like you said um and i i, I like the uh the imagination thrown into the shot too um so there you go rodney hopefully you're listening and if you are listening hopefully the it's, feedback it's, that it's, we gave. it's a definite improvement over the last one and i remember the last one was one everyone looked kind of purple because of the yeah. blue light it was the blue light with like the the ta the hollow table right with, right uh, so i, I again yeah. it's personal thing with me i just i'm not a fan of dinosaurs and star wars uh but overall i, I it was a well set up shot well executed just it could have used some of those little tweaks in, in post to, to, to sell the action side of it a bit more. Yeah. 
Awesome. So there you go, Rodney. Hopefully that is helpful piece of feedback for you. Um, next up is Lima for photos. Um, Lima is a very good photographer. We've, yeah. we, you know, we featured him in the top five multiple times before. Um, so what we have here is a shot of a, uh, an Imperial scout trooper. It almost looks like that this trooper was deployed probably in on indoor. Cause it looks, you know, he's got kind of like a green camo type of suit going on. And even like his, his, yeah, eyes. He's, a, he's a little stylized. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's stylized. just chilling here and he's just kind of sitting, leaning against a couple boxes. You see a sniper rifle next to him. And it's a very like, this is a on, on, maybe not on leave, but on, you know, this is not his rotation. He's not on duty yeah, he's, right he's now. He's taking a break. He, he's definitely chilling out, probably eyes closed behind the helmet so he yeah. can catch a few winks. So, so Matt, if you scroll over to, you can see that he kind of breaks down. The, oh no, he, Lima always does, his, of the he shot. always does his fucking lines. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to show like the rule of thirds or the angles he, he went with, but he, he's always got those in there. Uh, and and he always does BTS, which is very nice. It's, it's yeah. a nice, simple setup. I, I guess for me, I mean, just knowing Lima's catalog, it's 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 boring compared to what he usually puts out. Like this, mm-hmm. this is a Haywood Pop type of shot. Okay, uh, it's 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 portrait portrait esque, uh, very basic. Not much done to it. You just line up the character and and shoot. Uh, it's a nice build. Like, I mean, it, it does set up a scene. The Dio is staged nicely. He's got the figure placed in a in an eye-catching manner, meaning it's close to the rule of thirds for that side of the screen. It just seems very ho-hum. I, I'm, I, again, I'm a, a fan of atmosphere in any type of shot. Uh, even, a little, even a little sprit of smoke would have helped to... Uh, sell this shot in the atmosphere of the shot a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, I mean, the, the weathering on the figure is great. The weathering on the, the 3D props is great. The, yeah. the dio is is well done and and staged correctly. It's just, you know, it's it's a boring shot. It's a portrait. It's a Haywood pop is what it's I would a call Haywood. it. Be yeah. cooler, Lima. Gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, be, be more creative. Use your imagination. Don't be me. <laughs> Don't become me. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I can think of, because like you said, this is a very well executed shot in terms of like, you know, and this is coming from a non. Oh, you know what? Look, I think he's holding a gun now at this point. So, oh, yeah, he, he that could be the a further critique. Like if this was supposed to be him in his off time. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm now thinking that Lima initially intended this to be him sitting behind cover in a shootout. Right. Or is he just holding his gun? No, it's a, it, his his. Uh, his caption says a trooper stays at the ready even during a lull in the fight. Okay, so, so maybe he's, he's got his pistol ready, but yeah. it, you don't have an active firefight going yeah, right now. Yeah, exactly. So maybe. But I guess like that a- that does kind of support my my uh, critique that there, then there should have been a little more atmosphere in here. You know, yeah. a little battlefield smoke going, yeah. maybe a little more dirt and debris on the floor space to make it look more, to make it look like he was just at the tail end of a yeah. of a shootout. And like that is what. That's what Lima really excels at. Like, if you look at a lot of his shots, he's excellent at getting in small atmospheric effects that add a ton to the shot. Like, even if it's just some dust in the back that's like falling behind the character or or a little bit of smoke, uh, you know, a little bit of atmosphere aerosol or something like that in the shot that really sells the setup. 
And to me, like he even he also uses lighting extremely well, like like focused lighting, whether it be lighting that comes through slats in like a, you know, in a wall that like reflects onto the character and you just sell that scene a little bit more. This is missing that one key piece of lighting that I feel like Lima is is really good at adding into shots and really makes the character itself stand out yeah. and sells the environment. So in terms of the practicality of the setup, I think it actually works very well. But it's just it 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 is missing a little bit of those signature Lima that, atmospheric that, that, effects. That's kind of how I led into this critique. Like I I can't say it's a bad shot. I mean it's it's a nice setup. It just doesn't feel like Lima. It feels more like Haywood Pop. So who do you, <laughs> who do you want to be Lima? Do you want to be Lima or do you want to go the basic route and become a Haywood Pop? It doesn't matter. <laughs> we're we're both great. Or we, th- I think I'm decent, but I yeah. don't. I hate myself. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I like Lima's work. So uh, this this is one of those ones where you got to reach a bit. But I, I do think there are some tweaks that could have been made to to make it pop a bit more. The atmosphere being one, the the lighting being another. What which would have popped with the atmosphere? Yeah, and just maybe a little more set dressing to make it feel more like he is in between firefights and not just sitting down looking to you know catch a snooze so he doesn't get in trouble. Yeah, for sure. So uh, hopefully that is some usable feedback for you, uh, Lima. Uh, and hopefully you you kind of see the angle that we're coming at this from. So that's the end of our top five. That's the end of our fan shot breakdowns this week. And that's the end of our show. An, a sub three hour show. Hey, and that's great because I'm about ready to piss my pants. I've been again. holding on like, no, dude, when I when you start doing the battle brackets, I was like, I probably should go because I have to go again. I had to go then. At this point, it's it's become so prominent that I can feel the urine in my eyeballs. Like it's. <laughs> Like this, this could be one of the fastest show ends we've ever had. There we go. Uh, but as, as Nick said, we've done it. We've said it all. We've made it to the end of another Star Wars time show. And yes, we're not going to hit three hours, but who gives a shit? It's not like you guys are paying for this after all. <laughs> Although we are starting to talk about <laughs> potentially doing something that I've never wanted to do. Uh, but it, 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 it's probably something that needs to be done if we want to get bigger and badder. And actually feel like we're not just taking money and lighting it on fire. (laughs) And that is potentially looking into some sort of advertising on the podcast itself uh, and or some sort of what I like to call it the fan homeless buck like the 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 fan beggars bucket. Yeah, Uh, hopefully the, 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 the Patreons and whatnot, because. Uh, just with the amount of shows we have up in AWS these days and the server and the site, we're lighting money on fire. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's uh, definitely operating in the red, as they like to say. And it's like, all right, we, we got to at least get get to even somehow. And the only way to get to even on a site that doesn't generate a lot of traffic is either doing the old, hey, let's go stand at a street corner with our buckets and our signs and have people feel bad for us and give us tips or donations 
or uh, try to get something on the podcast. But even then, we're not going to generate enough money. So if you see the old handout pledge coming, please know it's nothing I ever wanted to do. But at the rate this show doesn't grow or get big or get popular, popular, it's just something we, we're probably going to have to do to cover our own finances. But that's why we're here. That's why we do that dance. And that's why we shimmy and shake our asses on over to StarWarsTime.net at the end of every show. Just to remind fans, new and old, of our home base, StarWarsTime.net. But also, that is the site that you need to tell people to go to when you're trying to trick them into becoming fans of the SWTS. As you should. Because there is always time for Star Wars Time. I know it. Nick knows it. I, I preach it. He sleeps it. We need all of you to keep doing what you're doing. I know you're, you're, you're like, Matt, you say this every fucking week and we just ignore you. Will you please stop saying it? No, I will not. Because one day we will have a legit audience, even if I'm dead. I don't care. At some point in time, Star Wars Time Show is going to have more than five people watch it. All right. Let's go from the, the high 2000s to 5000s by this time next year. That's not a lot. 5000s still ain't shit. You know, you, you guys, you like Silas Carson. You like those types of interviews. Well, guess what? It'd be a lot easier if we had something on our fridge to say, hey, look, we stuck it here. We're proud of it. These are our numbers. These are why you need to come on the Star Wars Time Show. Until then... It is what it is. It's two guys in their basements doing a Star Wars fan uh, fan podcast for 30 other guys in their basements and cars. But we love you. That's why we do it. That's why we keep coming back. That's why we can't quit you. Because there's always time for Star Wars Time. StarWarsTime.net. Tell your friends. Tell your grandparents. Tell your pets for Christ's sake. They may like to listen to the mwah, mwah, mwah too. Because there truly is always time for that galaxy that is so far, far away, but near and dear to our hearts. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force, yes, that Force and its midichlorians will be with you always. Always.